0: Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from August 6, 2001. From the high desert in the great American Southwest, I bid you.
1: Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be across this great land of ours and well beyond. This is Coast to Coast AM. Now cleared on over 500 radio stations internationally. I'm Mark Bell. Top of the day to you. Lots of things to do in the next hour. first hour is going to be more or less open lines and a few Subjects to make you fight. But next hour, Brendan Cook and Barbara McPhee are going to be here. They're the GIS people. And what they do is pretty freaky. And you might want to ask yourself whether you want to really hear this or not. They take tape recorders into graveyards with blank tapes. Tapes that have never been recorded on in any way ever. And they record the voices... Of the departed, and that's really the only conclusion you can come to. That's one they've come to, and we'll have those voices for you throughout the evening. All right, let's see what's going on. Well, uh, number one, the Bigfoot story of last week: the gentleman who had hit in a high-speed crash a 700-pound plus something that he thought might be a Bigfoot tried to get hold of Robert W. Morgan, and I just finally got a uh, message from Robert W. tonight on my answering machine. He'll be available tomorrow. But because I couldn't get hold of him last week, I got hold of another investigator, one whose name you know. And this investigator uh, has tried to get hold of the gentleman with the Bigfoot, who claims now he has taken it to a vet. Now... The investigator is having trouble because, as you may recall, I advised him to enlist the uh, uh, confidence, the strict confidence of some sort of vet in the area and first and foremost find out if it was still alive and find out what he had on his hands, that sort of thing. I of having an investigator to dispatch immediately, so he apparently, uh, according to my investigator, says he has done that Although we have yet to contact the vet. So that's where things stand. Tonight, tomorrow, Robert W. Morgan will be on this as well. Whether it is a true story or not, I have yet to determine personally. We'll see. We will see. And now, uh, tomorrow night for me may be problematic. Tomorrow morning at 7 something or another in the morning, I'm going to go to a dentist. Oh my God, do I hate going to the dentist, and this is going to be for a root canal that failed underneath one of my, uh, underneath a bridge, you know, so it's under a bridge, which is not going to come off, short of major violence, and so what they're going to try and do, I guess, now we'll find out tomorrow morning, is to drill down through, imagine this, just think about this, folks, drill down through the bridge, and then try to redo the root canal, which unaccountably failed. <laughs> So we'll see what happens tomorrow, but uh, it may be a little problematic.
0: I don't
1: know. We'll see. Let us examine briefly the world news. Bill Clinton to write memoirs. Now, who do you think uh, whose memoirs do you think would be worth more dough, Bill, the president now ex president, or his wife? The now present senator from New York. I don't know, I guess we're gonna find out. Let's see, his advance is more than 10 million dollars. 10 million dollars. Well, for 10 million dollars, there's going to have to be some sexy chapters, I would imagine. We'll have to wait and see. A tropical storm, Barry, is, uh, which of course blew across, uh, Florida, panhandle there in Alabama today knocking down tree limbs and power lines and so forth and so on, now appears to be losing steam. Two cars on a roller coaster at Six Flags New England Park collided this afternoon, sending 22 people to hospitals with minor injuries. Has anybody noticed a a sudden flurry of amusement park troubles? You know, rides caught in midair. Pictures of people sort of hanging sideways about a 100 feet in the air, waiting for rescue, that sort of thing. Been a lot of that lately for some reason. And, you know, it's like taking a plane flight. It's one of those things you think about. You look at this ride and you think, can I handle that many Gs? Then you think, do I want to handle that many Gs? And then you, of course, uh, just for the briefest moment before you get on, wonder Hey, I wonder if those cars ever come off, you know, and go flying into midair or whatever. Well, occasionally they do. Now, some more serious news. From Matt Drudge and from all the networks, but in this case in this case Matt Drudge's article a twenty first century shock announcement is set to be made at the National Academy of Sciences in Washington on Thursday. Up to 200 women will soon be impregnated with cloned embryos in the world's first attempt to produce a human clone. The test planned for November, possibly on a boat in international waters to avoid any political interference, is going to use a technique similar to that developed to produce Dolly the sheep. Up to Two hundred couples from several countries, including eight from Britain, were being selected for the cloning project. Italian embryologist Severino Antonori, whose Rome clinic enabled a 62-year-old woman to have a baby in 1994, is planning to make the stunning announcement in the nation's capital. His team for the cloning drill Drills, that is, uh, consists of 20 international specialists. There will be no Americans in the test. According to an insider, White House sources warned that he will not be permitted to impregnate any of the women within U.S. borders. So, send in the clones. It was inevitable, I told you. If it has not occurred privately, which I already suspect it may have, here comes the first serious, full-blown public attempt. And we are going to have clones. What is your attitude about a clone? Would a clone, in your estimation, be entitled to all the civil rights, for example, afforded under the Constitution? Would a clone have a soul? Do we have souls? a question perhaps you must first uh, answer before you can ask uh, about a clone. I don't know. Will clones be indentured servants or something? Will there be no difference between a clone and anybody else? Will clones be used for body parts? Will clones uh, be perhaps... A terrible miscalculations of, I was going to say, nature, but it's not really nature, is it? It's some doctor somewhere, in this case an Italian doctor. Remember, before they got Dolly, they had a lot of misshapen disasters, and that could certainly occur with human beings as well. Listen carefully to this. Partly cloudy, with a chance of Corn husks. <laughs> uh, for some residents in East Wichita neighborhoods Friday afternoon, the weather was, in fact, that partly cloudy with a chance of corn husks. People in homes near 13th and Woodlawn reported seeing what looked like an extraordinarily large dried corn husk, uh, uh, many of them, spiraling down from the sky at about 6 p.m. Paul Corn <laughs> yes, that's his real name, was playing host to a family reunion in his backyard in the 1,000 block of Vincent Lane on Friday afternoon. He said the family stopped swimming when they noticed something strange spiraling down from the sky. They waited for it to land to see what it was, but the frond came to rest just over the fence in a neighbor's yard. Then there were more and more, each one about 30 inches long and 3 inches wide. They just kept coming down. There had a, I don't know, be a thousand of these things. Family was curious enough to jump out of the pool and into the car, driving a short distance around the neighborhood, find more, which they did. No telling how many of the leaves fell, but uh, several were seen lying across Armour Street between Central Avenue and Thirteenth Street. Officials with Weather Data Inc., a local forecasting service, said they had received no reports from the corn husk shower. But a meteorologist there, Jeff House, seemed intrigued, corn husks falling from the sky. Hmm, he said. That is odd. Could they have been stirred up by a tornado in some Iowa cornfield blown hundreds of miles through uh, thick summer air only to billow down on backyards and driveways in East Wichita? That's good thought, he said, but no chance. Not today. Our region, in fact, the whole country, was tornado-free on Friday wasn't even particularly windy, he said, just hot. So maybe August turned that Iowa uh, cornfield into popcorn, and the remnant husks exploded into the atmosphere. Nope. House says doubtful. Whatever it was, it was probably caused by man. Some residents speculated the leaves fell from a plane. Air traffic authorities could not be reached for comment Friday night. One more theory. University of Nebraska fans were behind it, gearing up for yet another corn husker football season. They decided to blanket their southern rivals in a giant and ingenious, we might add, corn husker practical joke. <laughs> but nobody buys that one. So anybody out there have any thoughts on how husks of corn, thousands of them, could rain from the sky upon Wichita? One local said it's a magical place, just a magical place, he joked, it's the land of Oz. (laughs) That's about as good a guess as any of the others we've had. All right, a couple of items to take care of, and then back to it. Let's take a look here at uh, at this. I every now and then somebody will send an email that catches uh, my fancy, and uh, some of you, I'm sure, remember the near death experience of Sarah, a young church worker. Remember that? Who went to Hell and back? And then of course Daniel Brinkley, who went someplace or another with crystal cities. And I've, you know, daniel's uh, in his past, not been the. Uh, a prime example of of Martin Luther King-type behavior, let's put it that way. And he got to go to Crystal Cities while Sarah went, you know, somewhere else. And I got the following. Hi, Art. Wanted to send this email for several years now, but uh, I keep thinking you'll get it sometime soon, but I guess not. So here's the reason why Danian didn't go where Sarah did. You recall the point where Sarah went into the room where all manner of torture and human degradation was being performed, right? Yes, of course. And you must recall how Sarah pointed out that uh, she realized that anyone could leave at any time if they could only see it, right? Right again. Well, hell, Art, you know damn good and well that if Danian had gone there, he would have known he belonged there, and he would still be there now. Therefore, his experience had to be different if he were to bring any useful information back. Sarah, on the other hand, knew she didn't belong there. This allowed her to have the experience in such a way that she could pass it on to us without being trapped there. This has always seemed obvious to me. Hope you see it now, too. Well, it wasn't always obvious to me, but it is now. Uh, Well said, Uh, Richard from Greeley, Colorado. Thank you very much. He's exactly right, isn't he? And then somebody wrote this to me. This would be uh, the single most egotistical... Now, we have hit 500 stations with the show, which is really something, and I'm very proud of it. But let's listen to this from Kevin. Art, congrats on reaching the 500 club. 600 seems a slam dunk. Inevitably, you will surpass Limbaugh in affiliations. Immortality appears assured. You should ask Ed Dames to scan the future for the site of your statue. Then buy the land, (laughs) buy the land, and wait for the uh, monument selection committee (laughs) to request the certain purchase. Jack the price up and make a big killing, big enough to afford the aircraft of your dreams, whichever it may be, and then you and Ramona can tour the world by air. (laughs) Well, <laughs> you know, you start thinking about that a little bit. Here we are on top of the heap, right? And we imagine we're going to go to the very top of the heap, and we're going to get a remote viewer to view the spot of our own monument. Not illegal, a little bit egotistical, huh? Monument. And then, moreover, you find that spot, you buy it up ahead of time, and sell it to those who would be erecting. Your mon- monument for a huge profit, uh, with which you buy an aircraft to travel about at your women will. <laughs> what planet did you come from, Kevin? Ay. aye aye. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Going once, going twice, gone. Wild card line, you're on the air. Hi. Ah,
2: how about that train through the night? Yeah. How you doing? Okay. Uh, this is Dave and Christopher. Um, uh, uh, for one thing, I wanted to mention that it's well, it's just a good thing that it wasn't Iowa where these things were falling because can you imagine thousands of Buckeyes coming on people's heads? <laughs> uh secondly, kudos for getting these people on tonight you you've made a household really, really fan you know just great <laughs> we're glad to hear they're on so you're not
1: you're not going to get scared away, huh
2: oh no no, we're going to be there till till you say goodbye All right. on this one <laughs> as every night, but still. Um, I'm glad you're back, and my main question is, when's Richard coming?
1: When is Richard coming? Coming on, yeah. Oh, on the air?
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, let's see, uh, Richard C. Hoagland is going to be on this week, and it looks to me like Thursday. Full show? Uh, sure. When does Richard do less than a full show? Well, occasionally he does.
2: Well, occasionally he comes in does 30 with you, you know, but...
1: Richard will always fill the allotted time available. Yeah. That's Richard.
2: Okay, how's your back?
1: Uh better now? Uh I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you. Well I'm not going to talk about my back. It's uh it is what it is. And I'm just going to uh that is verboden talk. Nobody is allowed to talk about that's a new rule, by the way. I cannot imagine anything more boring than having to listen about you know to anybody else's medical condition. So I appreciate the concern, but that's a rule here now. I just I, I don't do it. I mean who wants to hear about it? We can have a medical condition night, and people could be calling in from all over the world telling us about their various medical conditions. Now, there'd be a real ratings grabber, huh? Well, I've had this arthritis art down in my right knee for a long time, and we could go from there, and we could take individual cases for a long time. So, no back talk. <laughs> East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Yes,
3: I'm calling from Chicago.
1: From Chicago, the Windy City. How you doing, sir?
3: Very good, thank you. I've, I've been listening to the Art Show for many, many years, uh. and I have some story to tell. Them. I think they have an open lines, right?
4: Have what?
1: Open lines? Open lines, yeah. It's open lines. Okay. Oh, you don't get it, do you? This is art, and you are on the air. See, when I answered the phone, I said you're on the air.
3: I'm sorry, oh, It's just so wonderful to talk to you.
1: What can I do for you, sir?
3: Uh, I, uh, first of all, I, I like to admire your show, and I have many experiences in my lifetime, which is, uh, it really,
1: there's something wrong with your phone.
3: I'm sorry, let me, let me just, uh, bring the antenna, is it better now?
1: Oh, you're on a cell phone, aren't you? I am, yeah. <sighs> okay, we've only got about a minute, so let her rip.
3: Uh, okay, I, I just want to say about the, uh, I believe in all the show you have about the spirituality, because I had many, many encounters myself with those things. When I was eight and a half years old, I was there when my father passed away. Yes. And I saw exactly the whole process.
1: Of and your father, you saw the process of your father passing away?
3: In eight and a half years old, and I still remember it. And that was the main thing which really encouraged me to go and find out what it was. And after I study a lot of I believe in
1: spirituality. Well, I think that probably, sir, is uh, what gets most of us going with regard to human uh, mortality. When we see it, we wonder about ourselves, don't we? And so it gets you moving in the area of inquiring about spirituality. Because what choice do you have? There is an alternative, but
0: it's dead, black, nothing. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time.
4: Come
0: Featuring Coast to Coast AM from August 6, 2001.
1: Well, you heard about the child who was killed in the MRI machine when somebody rolled an oxygen bottle into the room and it took flight and smashed the poor child's skull. Now, from Portland, Oregon, a man undergoing a routine MRI scan for his wrist at a medical center in Oregon had to frantically escape the machine after the padding around his arm caught fire Randy Rettig, 36, of West Lynn, went in Saturday for a uh, diagnostic scan of a nagging wrist injury suffered in a snowboarding accident last winter. He was lying face down on a gurney, aimed headfirst into the machine's giant magnet. His left arm extended over his head. Well, about 20 minutes into the scheduled 25-minute procedure, Rettig, who'd been suffering mild claustrophobia, I understand that, said he began to smell... A terrible chemical smell. And then then there was smoke. He opened his eyes and saw flames on his left arm. Not, uh, not exactly what you would want in the middle of that procedure, in the middle of that tube. He screamed predictably, pushed himself backward out of the machine. The flaming foam rubber sleeve around his left arm fell off, and an attendant who rushed into the room doused the sleeve in a nearby sink. The fire department was not called. He wasn't burned save the hair on his arm, singed. In a frantic effort to extricate himself from the machine, though, he did, in fact, re-injure his wrist. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on with MRIs lately. All I know is I'm awfully glad that I didn't get to read these stories before I went in for mine. (laughs) This is something from Quebec City in Canada. And and for Canada, Canada for now anyway. An elderly Canadian man was said to be recovering last Thursday following a savage attack by his pet cat. Get this, which drew four carloads of police, two ambulances, and an animal control officer. The National Post newspaper said that Gerald Daigle, 80, lost no less than a pint of blood and required stitches after his cat, tilty a diminutive roughly meaning tiny, <laughs> launched a frenzied attack at Daigle, who was apparently, check this out, giving his pet parrot a shower, inadvertently spraying the cat with water. Da- Daigle, who lives in Quebec, halfway between Montreal and Quebec City, could not be reached for comment on Thursday. The newspaper said he was saved by his 81-year-old wife, who wrestled, wrenched the cat away, only to have it then turn on her. The paper quoted Daigle as saying, the cat wanted to eat her too. The couple managed to chase that cat into the bedroom, slammed the door. Police responded in force because they thought they were dealing with a domestic emergency. Well, they were. It's not known why Daigle, by the way was giving his parrot a shower i have n- <laughs> no idea uh why uh why anybody would give a parrot a shower uh, maybe we have this cat named uh yeti you know for bigfoot he does have big feet big Oh, is a big cat and he loves to go into the shower if you open the shower door for him I mean, first of all, no matter what you're doing in any bathroom, he demands to be in. He will scratch at the door until you let him in. Sounds kinda of like... That's the door if you can hear that, women. I can do it better. And he will do that until you let him in. And then if you open the shower door, he will go in there. He wants to know what the shower is for, and I can't tell you how many times I have been tempted to allow him in. Close the door and give him a life instructional lesson on exactly what showers are for. But I've not done that yet, and in view of Mr. Diggle's unfortunate fate, I, I guess I won't. <laughs> first uh, first time caller line, you're on the air. Hello.
5: Hi. Um, I'm calling from Montana, and I need some information. There's been a um, a series of cattle mutilations.
1: Oh, and, more uh, cattle mutilations in Montana. Well,
5: we have very, very close friends that just had uh, cattle mutilated in their summer pasture just a few days ago. And they've taken pictures, and the sheriff went out there. The local papers done kind of a big write up, but um, they don't have a lot of information, and we haven't found a lot All right. online. All
1: right. Um, well, number one, uh, would you mind sending me copies of the photographs?
5: No, we have a video as well.
1: Uh, well, I, oh, that's fine. Uh, I prefer photographic copies if you have them.
5: Okay, I can send photographs.
1: Okay. Uh, okay. number two, you should probably, uh, you should probably, who, who's, who has this been so far reported to? Um,
5: well, one of the county sheriffs and I believe the, uh, the local newspaper. I says, see. Um, there was one they they contacted another county that it was actually it happened in uh, in one particular county and they weren't interested in going to look, uh-huh. but it was like a, a sheriff from three counties away that what that was, was
1: the concerned. what was the manner of the mutilation?
5: Um, an eyeball was extracted um, a cheat a, a tongue was completely removed all the way down back by the backbone. Huh. a cheek was removed and then it was the same. Like, the genitalia was like they were trying to get to the ovary. Mm-hmm. Um, the sheriff that looked at it, he seemed three in one month, and he kept lifting up the leg, you know, which they thought was kind of weird, but there, there's like an incision, not an incision, but like an injection um, in that particular area, and when they lifted the skin, there was bruising under that area, and it was green wherever there was like a particular injection or something. It Holy was sense. green, yeah. Um, I mean, it's true. I mean, we just saw the pictures tonight and the video, and the the other cattle would not go around it except for the bulls were just like throwing a fit. Um, and they've been farming or ranching for 30 years, and they've never, ever had this happen.
1: Um, is there a veterinarian uh, examining the carcass?
5: Well, no. I mean, they had the sheriff. Go and look. Um, I mean, they know plenty of veterinarians, but at this point, it's like probably three days old, so the the, the maggots have kind of gotten to it. All
1: right, I'll tell you what. Uh, you contact me by email, if you would. Okay, uh, this, are you able to do that? Yeah, is this Art Bell? Yes, it is.
5: Oh, well,
1: uh, hi. Hi, hon. If you would contact me uh, with the photographs at artbell at mindspring.com, uh-huh. I will do two things. One, I will get the photographs up for all to see, and two, I will put you in touch with a reporting agency to... Uh, uh get this investigated pronto.
5: Right, that's
1: do the wild thing at 775-727-1295. Oh hold on. I don't want you to give your last name on the air, huh? Oh, I I, so I I took that I took that out. Uh your your first name is Laura, we'll uh-huh. let it go at that. Contact me and I'll proceed.
5: Thank you, Ari.
1: Right, take care. What in the world could these animal mutilations be? Or would it be out of this world? I have thought and rethought and thought about this again and again and again, and here we are in the middle of it once again. And I cannot imagine, in my wildest dreams, what earthly force could be doing this. Because, and do you realize that in all the years of cattle mutilations, and there have and there have been so many, nobody has ever been convicted of the crime. And it is a crime. Nobody has been convicted. Uh, With all of those years going by and all of those mutilations, for that to be the case, there almost has to be some external force at work. The only question is, what external force and why? East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yes, hello.
6: Uh,
7: Good morning. Um, I'm calling about the kind of I've done a little bit of research involving those and, they seem to be in the area of the dispersion of some of the nuclear tests. i seen where the United well, States... Well, that,
1: that would not necessarily, sir, be Montana.
7: No, but some of those areas are wide-ranging. Some of the cattle have been moved over the years. And the United States Air Force, as well as some of the other medevac uh, people, have an electronic <laughs> laser pin and uh, uh, some of the stuff that I've seen, they going in and taking a series of tests to see if there's been any long-range effects from the test back in the 60s. Hmm. Eh, maybe, maybe not. But another thing is... That, that,
1: that would certainly uh, be a really good theory if cattle mutilations were restricted to those areas that we know might have been affected, but they're not.
7: Yeah, one other thing, maybe if Richard comes on, uh, I was wondering uh, some of the things that's going on in Devon Island, with the uh, Stanford Research Genome Project. We're doing a lot of things up there uh, pertaining to Mars research and things of that nature.
1: All right, well, we'll certainly ask. Uh, there's an awful lot of recent news, as you know, on Mars. The discovery of these incredibly gigantic canals uh, that carried enough water to fill Earth's oceans, or at least some of them. I mean, just a tremendous amount of water. Uh, the gases that have been interpreted as carrying life from some of the material digested by one of our robots, very controversial, but a lot of news on Mars. Mars is a really, really intriguing place. And Richard C. Hoagland, no doubt, is going to have a lot to say about it this, uh, coming Thursday. West of the Rockies, you are upon the air. Hello.
8: Hello, Art.
1: Turn your radio off, please.
8: Okay, got it off.
1: Alright, welcome.
8: Uh, you're talking about the parent taking a shower, right?
1: Well, it didn't exactly take a shower. It was given a shower by this man.
8: Right. Well, we had parrots when, we, when I was younger, and they loved to take a shower. That's the way they get in there, and they'll clean their feathers off. And...
1: Oh. And, so it's, it's it's not an odd thing to give a uh, parrot a shower.
8: Oh, uh, It wasn't for us. I don't know that everybody that has one does it, but they really like getting a shower, especially if you start them from when they're real young.
1: Okay. All right. And, well, that that explains that. It doesn't explain why this cat would so viciously attack his owner simply because he got sprayed with a little bit of water
8: right well, maybe the cat <laughs> didn't like water, right
1: maybe the cat maybe there was something that, well there's cats and there's birds, and birds and birds and cats have traditionally not had a good relationship, so maybe maybe the cat thought the bird sprayed him.
8: Yeah, or maybe he thought the bird was doing something to his owner, maybe something like
1: that. That could be it, too. <laughs> All right, sir, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, that could be true. I suppose what greater insult than to be sprayed with water by a bird if you're a cat. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello hello, hello. heartbell it is
9: oh gosh I can't believe I got through to you
1: and yet you have
9: this is Jenny in st Petersburg Jenny you know I just discovered your show I can't believe it but I just discovered it about three months ago and I'm just delighted I've In listening to some of your guests, I've realized things about myself that I didn't understand. Like what? And it's quite
1: uh No, like what? Tell tell me. Well,
9: one thing I realized that I definitely saw a shadow person about ten years ago. Oh, yes. I had convinced myself that it was my imagination. No, no. But it wasn't. No. And I also have realized now that I have been remote viewing all my life.
1: Well, you know, people say that, but I, I, I'm not so sure that you've no, been remote I'm viewing. Sure. Well, sure. you, you probably are psychic, uh, but remote viewing is such a specific discipline. Uh, you, you must go to school virtually or uh, get tapes that will instruct you because it's so specific in protocols. It's probably fair to say you've been psychic all your life.
9: Well, that's probably true. As a matter of fact, when I was a teenager, I, it happened to me all the time. And I was living in such a dysfunctional family and was so afraid that I sort of suppressed it because it frightened me.
1: You know something? I'm beginning to wonder if anybody, I, I haven't talked to anybody in years who has lived in a functional family. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, like they're no. all dysfunctional. Do you know anybody in a fully functional uh, Ozzy and Harriet kind of family?
9: Well, now that I'm older, I know that that's true, but when I was a teenager, I thought that my family was the only the one. The
1: only one? Yeah. No, <laughs> no, 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 no.
9: And in fact, last week, I called the Washington Police Department and told them about a vision that I had had.
1: Is this uh, about- Washi- Washington, D.C.? Yes, Okay. about the
9: Chandra Levy case.
1: Oh ah, yes. Now,
9: I thought that they would think that I was just crazy. And? And the man that I talked to was very uh, receptive to what I was telling him. And in listening to your guest... Ed Dames? Yes. Uh, what I told this man fits in with what he said.
1: Now, that is interesting. Uh, yeah. I guess... And in fact...
9: They probably have a record of my phone call.
1: They probably do. Yes, I've them all.
9: When I talked to him, he had, he pulled up my name and my telephone number. Yeah, he, he said, "Is this so and so it's such and such a phone number?"
1: Oh, I really? said, "Yes, it is." Yes. Well, they have. Um, they basically have a readout of all of that. You know.
9: So I didn't even know what I was saying to him. All I told him was what I saw, and now I. After listening to your guest, what I saw fits in with what he said.
1: Uh Well, time will tell for the both of you.
9: Well, I'd really like to get in touch with your guest because now I'm so excited. I really want to talk to him and, you know, maybe get some training in it. And I am really interested in that missing children because I actually have found a missing child through my remote viewing
1: okay uh i appreciate it but again what you're doing is not remote viewing not technically because uh to remote view you have to uh, utilize specific and very strict protocols and people say that i've been remote viewing all my life. life no you really haven't you've been uh you've been psychic and there are many people who are lifelong psychics uh some of them would be indeed well advised to take remote viewing uh training and they would sharpen and hone their skills. And the best remote viewers, indeed, though not easily trained, are those natural psychics. A wild Card Line, you're on the air. Hello. Uh,
10: yes, I'd like to talk about uh, something I saw the other night, this Saturday.
1: All right. What did you what Where are you?
10: Right in Mount Julia, Tennessee. All right. Okay. They, they, Saturday night, uh, I was outside on the front porch smoking a cigarette. Yes. And uh, I... Just looked up and I saw this black, uh, object. It was huge. Uh, I mean, it was really big.
1: Could you discern the shape?
10: Yeah, it was like a triangle.
1: A, triangle. a Huge triangle. I mean, it was yes. black
10: yes. and had lights on the back of it. Yes. And it would just, it would just, it wasn't flying. It was like it was just gliding, floating. You know, I've heard, I've listened to your show. I've heard, you know, we talked about it before. And, uh, and then, you know, I saw some cars down the road. I don't know if anybody else saw it or How not.
1: apparently high in the sky, sir?
10: I would say probably 1,500 feet. It didn't seem all that high at all, you know.
1: 1,500?
10: Yeah. Okay. Something like that. You know, or maybe a little less. Maybe less. All uh,
1: right.
10: But uh, it just it just glided across. and just, just glided through there. And, I mean, uh, I called my son out, and uh, he saw it also. And it had uh, three lights on the back of it and seemed to have, uh, as it, you know, got further away, it seemed like there was a red light that it appeared every now and then it would come on. Go off, uh-huh. and uh, I don't know if anyone else saw it or not. I just, I, you know, i just wondering if anybody in the area did that they might, you know, call in, and uh, you know, be interested in finding out if anybody else saw it.
1: Was there anything in your newspaper? Did you uh, phone no. phone no. your local uh, law enforcement to find not no, yeah.
10: no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I should have. I guess
1: gotta do these things.
10: Yeah, I need to. But uh, what did happen though? In about an hour, I guess, almost an hour later, there were. I heard two helicopters. And we went. I mean, I heard the helicopters. I went outside, and it was two helicopters come over my house.
11: That is so typical. So typical.
10: Yeah, it was two helicopters come come across there.
1: Well, you've got to wonder: uh, is it one of ours? Yeah. uh, Or is it one of theirs that we are chasing?
10: Yeah, that's right. I mean, there was there was no noise at all. No noise at all. If if I hadn't looked up, up, I would have known it was there. Well, as I
1: say to people who call, uh, as you do, uh, welcome to the club. <laughs> but what, do, what do you think you saw?
10: I, I don't think it's one of ours. You I don't? don't. Think, I think it's uh, from somewhere else, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that I, I kind of chip in slightly, ever so slightly, in the same direction uh, yeah. based based on what I saw. Right. I don't think we have anti-gravitic... Uh, no,
10: no, I don't think we do either. No, uh-uh. not yet. <laughs>
1: All right, sir. No missing time or... uh...
10: Not that I realize it yet. Not not yet.
1: Strange marks on your body?
10: No, not yet. All
1: right. I appreciate the call, sir. Uh, Thank you very much. Another triangle report. Uh, There's no question uh, these vehicles are real. Uh, One question that you would have to ask yourself, and I ask myself all the time, is, if it would be an alien craft, uh, surely it would not need navigation lights. And yet the one I saw had, in effect... I don't know if they were navigation lights, but it had lights. And why would an alien craft have lights? You would think it wouldn't need them. It could disappear, it could morph, it could do whatever it is those craft do, but the one I saw had lights too.
0: That might indicate it's one of ours. What do you think? The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More somewhere in time coming up. 6th of August 2001.
1: We're all born into this house and riders on the storm of life, aren't we? This night we're going to ride into a cemetery and we're going ghost hunting. Would you like to come along? The Ghost Investigator Society is next with recordings from the other side. Hey, listen, uh, very quickly, I thought this was exceptionally cool. I'm going to do an advertisement for Hardin Optical in a moment. But Eric Martin, who bought a, a telescope just like mine, just like the one you can get, took a photograph of the moon. He writes, a photo of the moon I took with the telescope you advertised. I just put my Sony Macva up, looking through the eyepiece. And I sure would like to know how Eric has done this. I, I put the uh, photograph on my website because it is astounding. How did you do that? I tried the same thing, of course i didn't get my uh, i didn't get my camera down to the macro level, which is what I should have done, I suppose but he got a remarkable picture uh, for just putting a you know a camera up to the eyepiece of a telescope absolutely astounding and that 's on the website right now at artbell.com If you wish, take a look in the meantime let 's tell you all about it. The Ghost Investigators Society, uh, originated by Jenny Nielsen, Roger, and Barbara McBeth, and Brendan Cook. Brendan is the webmaster of the GIS website, and we've got a link to it on our site. He has been conducting ghost research and ghost investigations in the field for the last three years. Brendan was very skeptical about EVP, that's electronic voice phenomena, until, that is, he recorded uh, EVP for himself Three and one-half years ago, uh, it happened. Now it can happen for you, too. And if you listen closely tonight, they'll tell you how you can do it if you have the cojones for it. His desire to learn how EVP happens has been the driving force in his continuation of conducting ghost research and investigations. His goal is to help explain the phenomena of EVP since Barbara uh, was a small child and able to read. She has researched and read everything she could get her hands on concerning true ghost experiences, from true ghost stories of experiencers to case files from ghost researchers in the field, plus her own interviews with those who have experienced ghost phenomena. Although she grew up with grandparents who had practiced spiritualism, and she indulged in it herself until she reached young adulthood, her views have changed over the years toward the entities that she used to deal with in her seances and the ghosts that linger in our realm she was raised not to fear the entities who were in her house as a child and does not fear the ghosts who remain among us she's been researching and investigating for over 30 years here would be the two of them uh, brendan and barbara welcome
12: good morning hi
1: there uh how's how's all uh since our last program it's going well.
13: Good. <laughs> We've been busy.
1: Oh, good. Um, you know, I still am not sure that I understand, even after all these years, what a ghost really is. Do you all?
12: Well, I mean, a ghost is, is fairly simple. It's uh-huh. really just the essence of somebody who has lived and died. Uh, it, they maintain the same personality they had in life, hmm. and they carry that over into death. Uh, uh, that's not to be confused with the demon and uh, you know fallen angels, whatever you want to call it.
1: Yeah, but, two... yeah but the question is uh, the same personality, the essence of the person. That's like saying their soul, right? Exactly. Well, that's the pits. I mean, if um, if you die, and then you remain about to wander. And scare people occasionally, and God knows what a ghost does, uh, you know, in a full ghost day, for example. But it doesn't sound particularly appealing.
13: Well, they they are to be very um, pitied. I believe that someone that stays as a ghost uh, is someone that is uh, very sad most of the time. Mm. Uh, I think when a ghost becomes happy, they don't stay very long in our realm. I think they go on. Most ghosts are to be pitied and uh, to feel sorry for.
1: Okay. Uh, That would mean that they had some sort of tragic occurrence in their life or they had a very sad life, something that caused their spirit not to be able to move forward as it is supposed to. Roughly correct? Correct.
4: Yeah,
12: but, you know, uh, we also tend to believe, you know, they have a choice on if they want to go or not. And if they choose to stay here, it might end up being the wrong choice uh, because they're forced to just stay and watch their loved ones, but they can't interact with them in any way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of what tortures them.
1: Yeah, of course it would. I mean, watching your, your wife remarry and exactly. zoom around in a little sports car or whatever.
12: I also
13: believe that a lot of ghosts, That uh, we come in contact with uh, were transient type of people when they were alive. They didn't go with the program in life and they're.
1: Not going with the program in death.
13: That's correct. (laughs) I I think they were kind of loners, uh, very miserable in life, uh, Hmm. were seeking uh, vengeance or revenge.
1: uh... Ah, an interesting uh, point. Now, do you believe that a ghost can, in fact, in some way seek vengeance
13: i believe that some ghosts, if they especially like if they were murdered or
1: yeah avenge their own uh, death for example
13: i feel like until they feel like justice uh, has been served i think that that could be something that would keep uh, a soul here in our realm
1: Mm -hmm. um why would you think uh that graveyards this is another thing that bothers me you see that graveyards would be a rich location in which to go searching for electronic voice phenomena. If, in other words, if I were a ghost, I, you know, I don't, I don't do a lot of visiting of graveyards here in life. You know, they're kind of depressing in their way, right? And Chris, I understand too. You may not feel that way at all, but for most people, graveyards are not exactly you know a, 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 a
13: happy place that's
1: right um and so then if you're a ghost are you for example required to hang around your old decaying physical body
12: uh you know there there's a lot of theories on why a lot of uh, i'm trying to think of the word here a lot of ghosts would manifest in graveyards <clears throat> There's a lot of theories of why they would, but I tend to go along with one theory that would suggest that their religion in life claimed that at a certain time uh, God would come back and there'd be paradise on earth, but they had to stay by their body up until that point, and that might be why they have to stay in a cemetery where their body's at or a mausoleum or wherever it's at.
1: Well, I know, but half the people these days are cremated. What about those folks?
12: Uh, see, I, I, I really know.
13: wouldn't know. I think any place that's associated with death has activity.
1: Well, then, how about, uh, this is a rather macabre suggestion, but I know you all are looking for rich fields of EVP. Uh, why not go to a crematorium?
14: <laughs> uh, we, uh, we have. <laughs> oh, oh, what, you have? You've yeah. done that? Uh, In fact,
12: uh, I believe a few of the voices tonight are actually from this crematorium.
1: Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, That would be great to hang around after you're gone at crematorium. Oh, my gosh. All right. Let's, uh, for those who have never heard this before, and there will be some, uh, let's prep people for what they're about to hear a little bit. Uh, You have very stringent standards. About what you do. For example, you never record on any audio tape that has ha- had anything ever recorded on it before. Is that correct?
12: Exactly. That's, that's one of the, really one of the biggest rules of recording EVP is always use a brand new tape.
1: A brand new tape. Uh, so there's no chance, none whatsoever, that uh, the voices were from some previous recording, because that would be the first conclusion that everybody nearly would jump to. We've all heard partially erased or poorly erased tapes, and you can get some pretty eerie things from those, but that simply would not be the case with what you're doing.
12: No, no, that's not the case at all. We always use brand-new tapes. Uh, in fact, a lot of the times we buy them that night that we go out.
1: Uh uh-huh. um, You are not the first to uh, get into this field, are you? Electronic voice phenomena has been around for quite some time. Uh, do you know the history of it?
12: Um, I do, and, and you know, I'm really glad you mentioned that because uh, the last couple of shows we've done with you, we have had people email us saying, oh, you've introduced me to the idea of EVP, and I'm so glad you guys discovered this. And we don't want people to think that at all. I mean, we did not discover this. This has been around for a long, long time. And all we're doing is, you know, researching it as much as we can and hopefully taking it to a different level than the people who've done it before us, uh, of and and so on.
1: Well, when did this begin, do you know? Uh,
12: as far as I can tell, it's been around since the 50s. Uh, I believe uh,
13: Thomas Edison uh, experimented around with it when he was uh, inventing the phone. He felt like you could uh, contact the dead through the phone.
4: Did he really?
13: Yes, and um, so this this concept of being able to communicate with the dead has been around even before electricity,
1: <laughs> you know. Oh, now, and, isn't that interesting? Edison uh, thought uh, it would be possible, and maybe uh, perhaps Edison uh, heard a few things.
13: Yes, i, I uh, in fact, uh, I just recently was reading about uh, his viewpoints on being able to contact with you know, the dead, and, and uh, he felt very strongly that uh, the phone or the recorder uh, was capable of being able to make contact. Huh. Uh,
1: why, why do you think that a Disincarnate Spirit would have an easier time, and I, I, I don't think you're going to be able to answer this, an easier time, but do you think that it has something to do with the fact that uh, we are electrical impulses, we are um, uh, uh, electric uh, magnetic uh, beings in the first place, and so therefore imprinting something on a magnetic medium like a tape
12: You is... know, I, I personally really believe that's it. Um, since we've been doing this, I've really looked at ghosts as electromagnetic beings uh, in other words that's that's what they use to do anything uh, they either create or manipulate the electromagnetic field. Uh,
1: why well, right. I, I guess I can sort of intellectually buy off on that um, you
13: know, you know, I, I, energy energy isn't destroyed it changes yes form, form. Uh, but it is not destroyed. And our brains are giving off electrical impulses constantly.
1: All right, how can this not creep you out?
12: <laughs> you know, and I'm I'm glad you brought this up too because we do have a lot of people who email us saying this is so scary and I, I can't believe you do this. And I,
1: I, I feel never the, try this. I, I feel the same way. Right. I feel the same way. I've had little brushes with things that I can't explain, and they have scared the you know what out of me.
11: You know, you, you, you guys, you guys are doing crazy.
1: real serious work which is really scary, and I don't know how it cannot creep you out.
12: Well, you know, you really have to look at ghosts as people. You can't look at them as something that is invisible and it's going to jump out and scare you or the way Hollywood's portrayed them. You have to look at them as people, and this is what we try to do. Now, imagine you go into a supermarket, and how many of those people are actually going to try and hurt you? You have to turn around and look at it the same exact way with ghosts
1: well i, I don 't know uh, my wife comes back with some pretty harrowing stories from the supermarket <laughs> but 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 seriously, um, if a ghost was uh, I, I, I suppose as uh, uninvolved strangers, why then you may be all right, but if a ghost is capable of going after somebody for vengeance uh, to uh, uh, get revenge for their own death or somebody else's but probably their own then that means they're capable of manifesting something or another in life, right? Otherwise, how do you exact vengeance as a disembodied spirit?
12: Well, exactly, but uh, in the same sense, I mean, it's just the same as a living person doing it to you. Um, there really isn't a difference other than you can't see a ghost or what it's going to do they, to you. It just but that's kinda...
1: a pretty big difference,
6: folks. <laughs> you they know? don't
13: have the physical capabilities, and I think that what they are able to do is something that they learn. I don't think because of uh, us being so such physical beings, I don't think that that is something that comes very natural in death. And I feel like myself... I feel like that is something if they are able to uh, manipulate uh, our physical world because they can defy our logic. Um, You've
1: been told, Barbara, excuse me, you've been told the both of you in some recordings to basically get the hell out of here.
13: That's right, but I've been told that as a kid when I was climbing somebody's apple tree.
1: (laughs) Uh, well maybe so, but, uh, if, if, if a spirit tells you to get the hell out, it... So you, you, you just sort of regard it then as, a...
13: Some cantankerous kind of personality. I mean, I come across people like that in life. I'm, I'm, it doesn't terrify me. I, I might think, you know, what an ornery
12: sucker, you know.
1: If one, uh, really negative thing were to happen to you, you know, physically, some physical thing. I mean, something flies through the air and hits you, uh, you feel a choking, uh, uh, something awful like that. Would that be enough to turn you away from any further work in this area?
12: No. I, mean, I think that that would even just intrigue <laughs> us more. I mean,
1: oh.
12: I, I've been slept and that just made me to the point where I wanted to do this every moment I was awake.
13: And sometimes it's very boring I mean you know uh, there's times I mean it's not a continuous uh, adventure of something continuously happening its uh-huh. it's very boring at times I mean you know as far as we can tell there's nothing going on we can't see anything in our infrared video cameras and uh. we're not aware of anything taking place around us
1: Brendan when when were you slapped
12: uh I was slapped this was Probably about a year and a half ago, uh, we were investigating a cemetery, and it was just the four of us uh, Barbara, Roger, Jenny, and myself. And everybody had got out of the car. Me and Jenny were in the back seat. Uh, Jenny had got out, and I was still getting out of the car, <clears throat> grabbing our equipment and handing it to her. And I would reached back to hand her something, and I felt the slap on my arm, and I turned around and I said, Jenny, why did you just? And I, I, yeah. Well, turned around and looked at where she was at, and she was probably 20 yards down the road.
1: Uh-huh. So Jenny did not slap you? No, no. Was there any follow-up in EVP about why you were slapped? No,
8: not no. as far as I can tell. No, we didn't get anything.
1: So unlike 99.9% of the U.S. population, if you were slapped or choked or otherwise physically assaulted, it would make you more interested.
13: Oh, yes.
1: You all are crazy.
13: Um... <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've had I've had things thrown at me i mean it uh
1: through the air things thrown uh-huh. through the oh really and well, and it, it just it intrigues you all the more
13: oh yes uh you know you want to find out uh, you know are they trying to get your attention or are they uh is it something that's happening just because of their energy that uh of what they're feeling that's causing uh some kind of uh, uh event to take place uh, just from their energy alone? Is All it what right,
1: they
12: intended to do? Yes.
1: Is there a better time? Is uh, midnight better than 12 noon, even in a graveyard?
12: You know, really, it, it doesn't matter. You can pick up ghost activity at any time. Okay. We, we do it at night just simply because it's quieter. I see. There's very few people out in a cemetery or wherever we happen to be investigating. I don't want to give the impression that we just investigate cemeteries. Uh, No, but they're
1: they're a favorite.
12: Well, just because they're so easy and they're kind of a place for us
4: to relax. (laughs) And
13: also, we we usually go at night because of the use of the infrared camera. Uh
4: All right, you two, hold on.
1: I'm not big on cemeteries during the day, much less late at night. Now, when we come back, we're going to begin playing some of these recordings made at cemeteries for the most part, at night for the most part. Prepare
0: yourself. I'm Art Bell. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. Back to the past on Art Bell Somewhere in Time. We've got uh, tonight with us Barbara Macbeth and Brendan Cook.
1: But there are five members of the GIS, the Ghost Investigator Society, and they've had incredible experiences involving ghosts during their investigation, such as being touched by unseen hands, hugged, slapped, experiencing unexplicable cold spots, having objects thrown at them, sightings with a naked eye. Experiencing unexplainable fragrances and odors, objects appearing, hearing unexplainable sounds and voices from nowhere. The Society believes that the GIS website has some of the most astounding EVPs ever recorded and also shows how our consciousness survives after the body dies. Coming up in a moment, we're going to explore some of those recordings, recent recordings. Onto blank tapes of voices from the other side. Now, into the darkness of the night and cemetery, in case you didn't want to do it yourself. That's why we have uh, uh, these two with us uh, this morning, and we're going to explore some of the recordings recently made by the Ghost Investigators Society in the middle of graveyards or crematoriums or wherever. So, uh, you two, welcome back. Uh, I guess we should begin at the beginning, and I know there's sort of an explanation that goes with each one of these, so why don't you talk to me about the first one?
12: All right, well, I'll uh, take care of the first one here. Uh, this first one wasn't, it was only a few months ago that we recorded this. It was at a private residence that we were investigating. And Barbara had said, Can you come and be with us? And you'll hear this voice say, She'd be with her dad. Now, I think it says she's with her dad, and Barbara hears she'd be with her dad.
1: Okay. Uh let's listen and see what we all think. Here it is.
6: Uh
1: that's that's very hard to hear it. So it's a second voice, is that correct? Yes. Okay, let me uh let me try that one more time. There's a repeat on there which I missed. Here we go.
6: Uh
1: huh. She's with her dad. It sounds like she's with her dad.
12: And that's what I hear.
1: Uh who, was this uh, somebody who had passed away?
12: Uh, well, actually, nobody had been reported who had passed away in this house. Uh, this lady had just contacted me one day, and had, I mean, she was frantic when she had contacted me, uh, saying, I think my house is haunted, you know, how soon can you guys be here? I had tried getting some other ghost groups here, and no one would uh, respond to her or get back with her, so she got a hold of us, and we came out that night. So what's all haunting. Yes, there had
13: been activity in the house. They could hear doors shutting and steps going upstairs.
1: Well, I doubt that this recording exactly made the person feel better, did it?
12: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm not really sure. I mean, the main thing was that she got confirmation that her house was haunted, and, you know, she wasn't... uh, being paranoid or just hearing things losing their mind there's yeah. so many
13: people that question their sanity when they have something going on because of um, they have a preconceived notion about ghosts and uh, they all you know it's a, it's a normal thing for people to feel fear from it
1: but, well okay uh, and I suppose the media has contributed to that.
13: Yes, Hollywood movies and ghost stories, and they're always portrayed as something evil and wicked.
1: Well, if I thought my house was haunted, I had heard things and seen things, and then I invited you all over and you came up with that, uh, the next call would be to a priest. Oh. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> um, all right. When, uh, let, let, they're let,
13: able to see it on video and um, actually hear a voice that's recorded from their location that's, the haunting has taken place. It gives a, a more human aspect, really.
1: Uh-huh. All right. On to number two.
13: This one might be a little confusing. There's four different voices here. Uh, Brendan uh, had told us we were in a cemetery, and we were sitting in our lawn chairs and uh, just kind of relaxing, and uh, Brendan had told us about something that he had done. And you'll you'll hear my voice first, and it says, you're... Uh, You're just a little busybody, aren't you? And Roger didn't know who I was talking about, and the next voice you'll hear is his saying, Who? And then the ghost voice says, Brendan.
1: The ghost voice says, Brendan.
13: Yes, and then Brendan says, Who? And I say, You, and Brendan says, What? So the voice that says, Brendan, is the ghost voice.
1: All right, here we go. So, yeah. Brendan, a very very fast Brendan. Yes. And how I I'm curious um there were how many of you there? There was four. Four of you there. How are you able to be certain that it's not one of the four who uttered that in some, you know, in some way that the microphone picked up? Now, for example, where where do you put the microphone?
13: I carry mine, it's on my back, at at my neck, uh, you know, on on the edge of my shirt behind my neck. So it's not underneath my mouth or around my mouth.
1: All right. How are you all able to be sure that it's not one of you four who uttered that, Brendan?
12: Well, you know, first of all, what we'll do is, well, I mean, obviously we know, no one else would know this, but us that know each other would know that's no one else's voice. I mean, that does not sound like anybody, you know, that was there. And on top of that, me and Roger were the only two guys there, and you hear both our voices in that clip. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an obvious man's voice. The other thing is that once we get this voice and extract it and put it onto the computer, we'll, uh, you know, render it to a WAV file and then search through the ELF range, which is, you know, extremely low frequency. And that's actually how we determine if it is a ghost voice or not.
1: mm mm-hmm. um- do, do, does a ghost voice on tape have any different characteristics than the normal human voice?
12: You know, as far as speech-wise, it sounds like they do. It seems as almost they talk syllabellically. They don't talk like a normal human does. Uh, in other words, they form words extremely different, actually. Um, it
13: has a different sound to it, too, like it's uh, either coming through water uh There's a different quality to the sound.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, Here comes number three. Where was this done?
12: Actually, number three was done in the same cemetery as the last boys. Um, And at this time, this was in the summer. This was only, I believe, last month. Okay. We had been sitting inside of my car because we didn't want to get out. There was just a cloud of mosquitoes in front of us. Uh Uh-huh. And we just sat in the car and had turned on the tape recorders and the, the video camera and everybody had been quiet at the time this voice came in and it's just a real whispery i just got an idea
1: i just got an idea yes now that's an unusual thing for a spirit to say isn't it
12: uh you know it is it's an original one for us and we've never heard it before
1: because uh consci- well let's take a listen to it first uh here we go uh, you're listening for i just got an idea <laughs> quite clearly, almost whispered, I would say. I
4: just, I just got an idea.
1: Um, that bothers me a little, because I've always preferred to think, to be honest with you two, that a ghost is nothing but a remnant of a human soul, that it is, in fact, not the human soul itself, not consciousness, as it were. But I just got an idea would be something that would come, in my opinion, from a current consciousness.
13: Right, and I... I hope that um, in these voices, and uh, especially the ones with interaction, they respond to us. They, when A lot of times when they uh, speak, they are um, speaking uh, about something that we are doing. They are responding to us, uh, mm-hmm. something that's being said or done, and it shows consciousness. They're no, aware but, of us.
1: I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like that. I mean, personally, doesn't it bother the two of you to be confirming to yourselves that consciousness exists after death, and it may well exist here on Earth in an incarnate state? Doesn't it bother you?
13: No, and I don't see why. It, I mean, I I think it's fantastic if we uh, had sound proof that we continue that when we die physically that we are still going on that we just don't stop i I think that that's wonderful
1: well maybe it's wonderful it's wonderful in my opinion if you go to a different place uh that for example they call heaven uh or you know or a different dimension or something like that but to imagine you're hanging about on earth trapped as it were until something better happens and you, you you rise to the other place i don't know I don't know. All right, on to uh, uh, number four. Where did we do this? Uh,
13: This was in a cemetery in uh, Wyoming, Uh and um, we were doing an investigation. We had stopped at uh, uh, the police department and asked them if it was okay if we went into the cemetery and told them what we were doing. Um,
1: By the way, I've got to stop and ask, how do uh, the the caretakers at cemeteries, Uh, Perhaps the guards and or the police react to this kind of thing. Gosh, you walk into a police uh, station and say, listen, we'd like to uh, go over and sit around in the cemetery and do some recordings of dead people.
12: You know, actually, a lot of times they're extremely open to it. Uh, In fact, one of the cemeteries we do quite a bit, we actually had... Uh, the police sit there and watch us do it because they were interested in what we were doing. You're kidding. They had
13: had experiences and had people tell them of experiences that they had had. Most of the time, you know, we'll invite them to be there with us just for our own safety.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, of all the groups out there that I get ghost stories from, I would say the police are the most prolific I get more ghost stories, really yeah, serious ghost stories
13: locations you know it's quiet um, they go to areas uh, that have a lot of activity many times, and they have a lot of experiences It's very surprising
1: well sure, they're associated with uh, crimes and mm-hmm. uh, violence and uh, the underside of uh, civilization and yes, um, I would imagine if if, if if ghostliness is connected with that sort of activity. Then sure. Okay, so occasionally they'll actually come to the cemetery with you. All right, so. So, here-
13: um, we were in this cemetery, and Brendan and Roger had wandered off uh, together, and me and Jenny were going through it together. And uh, this was in the dark, and Jenny sound it sounded like she stepped in water, and when we shined the flashlight down, there was no water. Um, and it was, the ground was dry. And she was telling Roger and Brendan about it when they came back to where we were. And you'll hear Jenny say, it sounded like I stepped in water, and this voice says she did. Although she didn't.
1: <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay. All right, I could hear she did and it sounded like i thought a female voice
12: yeah it it kind of does sound feminine
1: uh-huh um so the ghost was confirming she stepped in water but she wasn't in water
13: no there was no the ground was dry we thought maybe there was like a puddle from them watering or something in there you know earlier in the day but hmm. the ground was dry and there was no water
1: but I, I heard it too i wonder if perhaps there was water on the other side it could be. In other, in other words, we've all speculated. I think that uh, you, you, when you die, you may move into a different dimension. Uh, so many good uh, physicists um, believe that the other dimension is just that far away. You know, holding right. my fingers very close, very close to us. And so perhaps there, there was water.
13: Yes, and uh, but I, you know, we both, both me and her, heard the sound of water when she stepped into this. This, you, know,
1: you heard the sound of water. Yes.
13: I, I thought she had stepped into a puddle.
1: But there was no water. There was no water. <laughs> okay. Um, on to uh, number five. I'm afraid to ask about this one. All
4: right.
12: Well, actually, this next one is a little bit different from anything we've done on your show. Um on the last show, we had asked people to go out and try this for themselves and send us, you know, the results that they got.
1: Yeah. Oh, yes, that's right. Yes. And
12: this, you know, we got a wonderful response from it, and unfortunately we could only put a few on onto this CD. Um, but this was from a man named Brian. He had lived in Maine, and he had heard us on the show and decided to go out and try it. And he just went to his local cemetery and picked up this voice, which it sounds to me like it's saying something. Store, but there seems to be another word before that. But when he had edited the WAV file, he uh, cut it off. So I don't know if that first part was a ghost voice or just the store was a ghost voice. But uh, th- right. what you're going to be listening for is the word store.
1: Okay, uh, here we go. Uh, that's uh, that's quite clear. It mm-hmm. simply says store. Um did they when they send these to you, do they specify in what manner they did them?
8: Uh,
12: you know some of them do uh, some of them send more lengthy emails on what it was the temperature that it was when they recorded it, uh, weather conditions all that and he had sent just a really short email, but I put it on because it was so clear.
1: Why do you think that the majority of the recordings that you do are so short. In other words, instead of getting uh, entire thoughts, as in at least a, you know a sentence or a paragraph, you tend to get single words or two or three words.
12: Yeah, I believe it's because it takes a lot of energy for them to do this, uh, and I, I think it's also something they learn. And I know Barbara, you know, thinks the same way. It's something that they end up learning. And I don't think a lot of them have the skills to do it, but it also takes a lot of energy for them to be able to put this onto the tape. Hmm.
1: Do you believe that they are able to hear you uh, in full, unlike the way you're able to hear them? In other words, you only catch uh, very brief snatches of what they're saying, and yet they seem to be responding many times to what you're doing or saying, which would imply that they are able to monitor you almost full-time.
13: I myself I believe that they are fully aware of us most of the time.
1: Huh. Kind of like a one-way mirror, huh? Yeah,
13: yeah, if yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. huh.
1: All right, um on to number 6. Uh
13: this one was uh, recorded by uh GIS member Barry. Uh we were in uh mausoleum and uh there was just Barry and Roger and myself there. And we were down in the basement, and we all, all three of us heard what sounded like a woman's scream. And you'll hear Barry say, "What was that?"
1: Mm-hmm. So you didn't, you didn't get the. Uh, so, do you hear? Well, okay. Why ask? Let's. <laughs> Yeah, what was that indeed? Uh, one one more time, listen very closely to the very beginning that noise.
6: What was that?
1: Oh, that's weird. I, I'm not. I'm it
13: not... almost sounds like it is saying something, but when we when we actually heard it at the time, it almost sounded like a a, a woman scream, but it sounds like it is saying something, but I can't tell what it is.
1: Yeah, I can't tell what it is either. And uh screams would not be good uh you don't you know scream implies things are not going so well on the other side
13: <laughs> you know when when you have something happen like that unexpected, it takes you by surprise you're not um, it catches you off guard and and you don't have a, a second opportunity to hear it again, you know at the time mm-hmm.
1: do you all plan to keep doing this, or is there a point where you say? We have uh, we have proven, uh, in other words, what, what are your goals? Uh, uh, you've recorded so much from apparently the other side or from some place. What are your real goals? Are you going to continue doing this, and, and what do you hope to prove?
12: You know, our, at least me personally, my goal is to educate people that this is really out there. This is a phenomenon that's actually happening. It's not something that Hollywood's made up of. And ultimately, to get more people to go out and try this. And eventually, you know, make more people believe that this is something that's really out there and our consciousness does survive. It's not something we have to be scared of or terrified of.
1: Uh, but I am scared of it, and I am terrified of it. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, there are also a lot of people who say, look, what you're doing is going to lead uh, to an open-door policy for things that you might not like walking through the door. And I'm sure that's been said to you as well, hasn't it?
13: Oh, yes. And, you know, I, I've been involved with this, sort of thing all my life. I've never been harmed. Um, I It's something that fascinates me so much, I can't get enough of it. I uh, I plan on doing this until the day I die.
1: Uh, and we'll talk about that uh, in, a, in a moment. I'm Art Bell, and this is Coast to Coast AM with
0: the Ghost Investigators Society. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell, hosting Coast to Coast AM. More somewhere in time coming. Up. I can see you lying back in a satin dress in a room. Mark Bell, somewhere in time. Tonight, featuring Ghost to Ghost AM, from August 6, 2001.
1: Good morning, everybody. We're investigating the Ghost Investigators Society and Voices from Beyond the Grave. These are recorded on totally empty tapes, completely empty tapes, and then processed on a computer. And we'll ask about that in a moment, as well as what our investigators plan to do when they are gone. And uh, as we all face mortality, and certainly uh, they're no different, I'm sure they have plans, at least I would imagine they have plans themselves, to try and get back with some sort of message. At any rate, we'll ask about all of that. Stay right where you are. investigators society represented in this case by uh, my two guests Barbara Macbeth and Brendan Cook you uh, two welcome back now when you when you all pass away have you ever I'm sure in the hours that you while away in cemeteries and crematoriums and mausoleums you've probably talked about your own mortality from time to time haven't you
13: Oh, yes. Uh, we talk about it quite often.
6: Uh-huh. There's
13: a lot of people that I know. I've told them if you feel somebody tap you on the shoulder and you turn around and nobody's there, it was me. no I've
1: croaked. <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, uh, you are going to actually try.
13: I am going to try.
1: What if, if you had a word or two that you could say and get through on a tape to somebody, think about it for a second. What would it be? if you could only get a word or two through and that seems probable based on what we hear on these uh tapes uh what would you try and get through
13: hmm, interesting yes um i i guess my mother's maiden name would be a good one because it's so unusual it's a french name
1: uh huh that would uh, her be her maiden name that would be good i suppose uh uh, uh what about you uh brendan
8: uh
12: Mine would probably be I'm alive.
1: I'm alive.
12: Yep, uh, that would be it.
1: Or maybe more appropriately, I'm dead.
12: Well, yeah, it could be.
1: <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, number seven, what have we here, and where, where, it, where did, did it come from?
12: Well, this, this one was recorded in a Head Start building to get for uh, the migrants, and it's weird because we had a lot of high activity on our EMF meter and in this one area
1: what is an EMF EMF, meter
12: uh, it's an electromagnetic field detector it just detects variations in the electromagnetic field which Uh as I said before I think ghosts tend to either manipulate or create an electromagnetic field
1: uh, so as something is imprinted on your tape, you might see that activity. Exactly. Do you normally, as a, as a matter of interest, in other words, are you able, are you able to cor- correlate the uh, EMF uh, changes with the imprint on the tape?
12: You know, actually we are. And, that and in fact, this is one of the voices where it was really close to where we were getting a high peak on the EMF detector where we recorded this voice.
1: Oh, isn't that
12: interesting?
1: All right, uh, and what 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 do we have?
12: All right, well this voice, uh, it was recorded by Barbara, and in it you'll hear G I S member Barry saying uh, little bear, and then he says no big bear, and then after you'll hear a woman's voice saying uh uh-uh, uh big Barry. Really? And then.
1: That- and then, and the ghost voice is the one saying uh uh-uh, uh or whatever big yeah, Barry.
6: Yeah, the
12: ghost voice is the one saying uh uh-uh, uh big Barry.
1: All right, let's take a listen.
12: Little bear, no
6: big bear. <laughs>
1: I want to hear the uh, the first part again uh, one more time. A
6: little bear, no, big
1: bear. <laughs> be Ooh, that is uh, that is really weird. Uh, the laugh is the laugh from a ghost. No,
12: no, no the that laugh, was Jenny. Yeah, the laugh is Jenny.
1: All right. I always want to be clear on exactly what we're hearing here. Um, uh, do you do you hear laughs from ghosts? Is there any? Do you ever get what you would call a sense of humor? From the other side.
12: Oh, yeah, definitely. We've
13: recorded that quite often. Where, uh, we've recorded different laughter that's not ours.
1: Well, that's slightly encouraging uh, to know <laughs> there might be something humorous on we the other side. We keep our sense of humor. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we're going to kind of race through these. Number eight.
13: Uh, this one was recorded by Barry in a old uh, theater, and he was talking to me about... Um, The uh, wood on the banister, and he had just said uh, that he wondered if it was the old original wood, and the ghost voice uh, comes in and says, "I believe."
1: Really? All right, let's take a listen. Yeah, I believe. I believe. I believe. Uh, One more time, a ghost voice. Out of absolutely nothing, on an empty tape, huh?
6: Exactly.
8: Uh,
1: There are going to be a lot of people, this time as well as last time, that are going to want to try this themselves. Um, Do they need any particular kind of recorder?
12: Uh, They don't. Uh, Any recorder will work perfectly fine. Uh, The only thing... We ask and we do somewhat differently is we do use an external mic just to cut down the background noise of the motor on the tape recorder.
1: Oh that's right. There there is a noise associated, a very low level kind of rumble noise.
12: Exactly. And you know, a lot of these EVPs come in directly in that range of that background noise. They're they're just buried in there.
1: Have you ever received an E V P from a tape without a mic at all?
13: Um I think my very first one, uh, no, I have to take that back. My first one, my first tape recorder did have an external mic.
1: The reason I say this is because if they electromagnetically imprint this on the tape, uh, the implication would be they don't need a microphone to do that. Exactly. And uh, if you do need a microphone to do it, then you should occasionally be able to hear this aloud yourself. Have you?
12: Yeah, and sometimes, yes, we do hear this. Uh, It's very rare. But we do hear it.
1: You do hear it occasionally?
11: Yes.
13: That's what I was saying. It takes you off guard because you're not expecting to hear it. and uh, You're really not sure at the time what it is that you
1: heard. Uh, Okay, then let me extend it. Uh, The reason I say this is because you could put a preamplifier on a microphone and, of course, uh, greatly extend uh, a microphone's range of ability to pick up uh, even the tiniest voice or noise.
12: And, see, we haven't done that because we're, I mean, we fund this all ourselves, so we're we're limited in what we can do, although I'm I'm sure those aren't really that
1: expensive. Uh, There's
13: a lot of the technical stuff I'm not aware of. I'm from the old school, and I don't know what's available out there to use.
1: Oh, there's an awful lot of stuff there. I know there
13: is, and I'd love to know what.
1: (laughs) See, that, that would help me understand. Is it really the microphone picking it up? Or is it, in fact, uh, being directly uh, imprinted on the tape?
12: Yeah, and that's something I think we definitely will try, uh, and hopefully hopefully we'll actually get some results out of it.
1: Okay, uh, number nine.
12: All right, well, this one was recorded by GIS member Barry, and it was recorded in the mausoleum that, that we go to quite a bit. Uh-huh. And this one's kind of interesting, cause, and we can't figure this out. You hear Barbara laughing and we don't know why she's laughing. I can't.
13: It's been so long ago, I can't remember yeah, what I was laughing at. Yeah. This was recorded
12: at. quite a while ago, right? And right after you'll hear a voice come in saying what's so funny.
1: Oh, really?
13: It sounds like a little child to me.
1: Uh, let's take a listen. It does sound like a child's voice, and it does sound like it's saying, what's so funny?
6: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, See, all of these, uh, or most of these, really imply to me that we've got an ongoing current consciousness. uh, uh, Commenting on the situation, or um, commenting on something that you all have said in the immediate area, and that just Chills me to the bone.
13: See, I mean, it, 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 they are aware of us. They they interact with us. Uh, I believe that we get such a good response because of how we are with them. We we treat them like they're people. We're we're quite laid back, even though we're very serious about what we're doing. We invite them to uh, join in our conversation and talk with us because people have a tendency not to butt in people's conversations that they don't know and aren't invited to. Mm-hmm. And so we always invite them to be with us and to talk with us and join in.
1: One, one, one more time on this one.
6: <laughs>
1: yeah, that so funny. That's got kind of a... And and this seems to be the case with children recorded in this way and other manners as well uh, in the reverse speech uh, arena, the children seem to have a, a kind of a surreal sound to their yes, voice. Have a you, different
13: sound to it, their voices.
1: Any any idea why?
13: Other than how much energy it takes to do this, it, that's the only thing I can think of. It it's uh, like it's a real effort.
1: And so perhaps. Uh, uh, the more mature uh, spirits are able to get their voices through uh, intact.
13: Um, there, there are voices that we have recorded that are louder and stronger than what we sound on the tapes. I mean, there, there's some voices that we've recorded that are very strong and clear.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, during the recording of this, uh, this particular CD that we're pulling these from, there was perhaps a little too much treble added. We should. Uh, uh, tell the audience, and so there might be a little bit of the audio that you should be hearing missing from these, uh, right?
12: Yes, yes there is, uh, and, and it had occurred after, well it occurred while I was burning the CD, but I didn't realize until after I had sent it uh, that there had been a problem with the treble in the audio.
6: Alright,
1: number ten. Uh,
13: this one um, you'll hear uh, Barry ask Jenny what uh, she thought about uh, videotape that's on our website, uh, it's called Zane's Orb, and he was asking Jenny what uh, she thought about this video that he had taped, and uh, you'll hear Jenny respond that uh, it was really good, and then this voice comes in and it says, liked it.
1: Liked it? Liked it. Uh, okay, let's see what we have.
9: What do you think of that orb?
5: liked it.
1: it. it. Liked it. That was very clear. That was very that was too clear. The, the clear ones really tend to get me. And it was uh again it had that uh that kind of sound to it. It is that otherworldly other side uh sound to it. Um uh, let me see if I can do that one more time. Here it is.
5: it blinded, blinded.
1: blinded. <laughs> yeah a very a very strange otherworldly sound to it are you are you all absolutely sure that there's no shenanigans here there's no mistake here it's not one of your voices it's absolutely uh, out of the blue so to speak
12: yeah no, we're we're positive and You know, we have people, and and you you have to expect it with what we're doing. But we do have people who email us and say, "No, you guys are just full of it, and and you're faking this." And you know, and all we can tell them is we we write back to them and say, "You know, why would we fake this? I mean, we we couldn't come up with this stuff. I don't have the imagination for it myself." That. You know, And we have nothing to gain. I mean, we don't want any money. Yeah, I,
1: I know that, that really is true. You all are not seeking, uh, you're not writing a book, you're not selling anything. That I'm, are you selling anything?
12: No. no. I mean, we'll never, we'll never charge for an investigation. We'll never charge for merchandise or uh, access to the website, anything. I don't think there's any reason someone should charge for that, especially
1: so, doing this kind of thing. So then what would you describe this as, a hobby?
13: Uh, it's a real intense interest.
1: <laughs> driven driven by what?
13: I uh, want to know. I, wa- I will probably never find out until after I die, but uh, everything that has ever happened and the occurrences and the responses that we get, I just uh, find fascinating.
1: About the only other possibility, you two, that I can imagine and i 'm going to rule it out, uh, but it 's a possibility is that you mo- you could be in a graveyard adjacent to a radio station, for example, and a radio station's r f could get into a tape recorder, but that just doesn 't wash because you 've done it from too many locations if it was just one location and there was a radio station nearby, one could imagine you'd get occasional bursts of something or another but uh but obviously not uh. Uh, with all of the separate recordings in so many places that you have done. So. so
13: There's also another point, too. There will be times when there will be like two, three, or four of us that are taping and only one person will pick up a voice and the others are in close proximity where they should have also picked it up and, and they won't pick it up, hmm. which I think is an interesting facet of this.
1: I do, too. Um, just
13: And I don't know if it's directed just to that person. That tapes it, or what what the condition is, but that's that's happened many times.
1: Now, is there any particular kind of discussion that you have at these sites that seems to bring it on more than others, or does no, there, it...
12: there really isn't. Um, you know, we do find a lot more of the times that they're just interacting with what we're doing uh, when we're not even directing stuff at them. They'll interact with us talking between each other and just kind of butt in like they're part of the conversation.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do one more before the break here. Uh, number 11, what have we here?
12: All right. Now, this one This one you should like. Uh, we were invited into a mortuary to do an investigation. The, the people who were on call in this mortuary had seen a lot of things. Uh, I believe it was a man... The shadow of a man, or
13: a man in black walking past the uh, room where they do embalmings. The embalmings.
6: Mm-hmm. He's been
13: seen several times by different people that work there.
12: Anyway, but right as we're walking in, me and Barry were right next to each other, and Barry says to me, "I hope there's no body down here." And directly after, you'll hear this voice say, "Talk to the dead." To the dead. Now it, it's kind of interesting because Barry was wearing his GIS shirt that night, and on the back of the GIS shirt it says the dead speak. <sighs> All
1: right, here we go.
6: <laughs>
1: oh brother! Uh, one more time, talk to the dead. That's just great. Absolutely great. From the high desert, on this side for now,
0: I'm Art Bell, and this is Coast to Coast AM. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from August 6, 2001. Coast to Coast AM from the 6th of August, 2001. I'm going to tell you all honestly,
1: I I don't exactly like this stuff. I mean, I like investigating it, but frankly, it honestly creeps me out because I think of what it says about the other side, the possibility of what the other side is. The other side may not be harps and angels and clouds and floating and flying and meeting dead relatives uh, who are in a great humor and all of that sort of stuff. It says they're still here and they may not like it. There's music good sax on the other side. That was S-A-X. But the other would be all right, too. Once again, uh, my guests, and uh, welcome back, you two.
6: Thank you. Uh,
1: I get a lot of questions by computer with something called Fast Blast, which people can do from my uh, uh, website. And uh, Joe in Providence, Rhode Island would like to know, uh, if you have ever had a voice respond to your thoughts, in other words, uh, something unspoken uh, that, that would indicate that uh, perhaps they can read thoughts as well as vo- uh, loud voices.
13: Uh, we have had uh, a ghost voice come in and say a word prior to uh, one of us saying that word.
1: All right, that leads to another question from Mike in Las Vegas. Uh, Aren't I notice uh, the voices usually come when they are interacting? Have they ever considered that uh, it might be their own thoughts that are being recorded?
13: Yes, we've had that brought up to us.
1: And your reaction?
13: Some of the um, some of the voices that we've recorded, um, yes, it kind of makes you wonder, but.
1: In other words, that you could be projecting this one of you yourselves. Yeah. So you don't rule that out.
13: No, you can't rule out anything, really. Good. Uh, We we that's one of the purposes of
8: doing this. Well, that's
1: good. That's researching and. That's objective, so that's, uh, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that. It could be that, and I I might even be slightly comforted thinking it might be that. (laughs) That makes you
13: feel better. (laughs) Yeah, it might make
1: me feel better. Um, right, on to number 12.
13: Uh, however, this voice, uh, I, it would not apply, uh, to what you were just saying. I see. (laughs) Um, Barry had uh, recorded this in a mausoleum and uh it's a it sounds like a female voice and it sounds kind of surprised or delighted it says it says uh, people and it sounds like oh people
1: um oh really uh was there a female uh, living person present
13: yes, I was there, and Jenny was there
1: okay, and neither one of you uttered this <laughs> no all right let's see what we've got <laughs> People. All right. Obviously it's saying people. People I uh, surprised. You're right. People. <laughs>
13: they show emotion, uh these voices. It's uh it's uh,
1: great. <laughs> uh maybe it's great, uh but yeah, that's as as though oh people yeah, great, uh, nice to see people.
6: Yeah.
1: All we've had is stone and other dead folks. <laughs> Uh, When you all pass away, uh, do you plan to be buried or uh, cremated or uh, 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 stored away in a mausoleum?
13: I would like to be buried myself. That's my personal preference.
1: Uh Uh-huh. How about uh, the other half here? (laughs)
12: Uh, He's too young to even think about uh, it. I I just (laughs) haven't even thought about that yet.
1: Think about it. I mean, really, would would you like to have your ashes scattered to the wind? Or no, would you... probably not. Uh, not, huh? No,
12: it would probably be burial.
1: Okay. All right. All right, on to number 13.
12: All right, well, number 13, uh, this was recorded by Barry in that mausoleum, and he was talking about an old apartment that had been uh, previously a funeral home. And this voice just comes in and says, Y'all know, just kind of in the old... Old slang saying
1: y'all. You all know. Uh, is are any of you Southerners? Yeah, I am. Well, Barbara.
12: Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. Let's see if we can nail this
6: one. Ooh.
1: Oh, that is that is really that is really odd. Uh, let's do that again. That's obviously not Barbara. Oh my 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 my. Uh, do you? Do you all uh, come to an agreement on what is said uh, in these recordings?
13: Uh, Not all the time. This next one that we're going to be doing, uh, we all heard different uh, things, so we've just got question marks on it because we can't uh, come to an agreement on what it says, and several times that happens, you know.
1: All right. Uh, Are there any other voices, or are we only going to hear the voice from the other side here?
12: No, this Next one you're going to play is just the EVP itself.
1: Just... And I,
13: I, well, I'll let you play it first. I won't do. All right,
1: let's just play it and let's let everybody decide. Here we go. Let what? Here we go. Oh, gee, I don't know either. Let's try it again. <laughs> uh, Barbara, what do you think that is?
13: I think it's saying, um, I think the word never or ever is in there. The last word, I think, is either
12: never or ever. Brendan? I have absolutely no idea at all. I can't make anything. I mean, I I hear a voice, but I have no idea what it's saying.
1: Ever or never. Let's listen again. (laughs) It does sound like ever at the end, doesn't it?
13: Mm-hmm. That's what I, I think it's saying. Not ever or I Just don't know. But we've all out heard different things. We can't
1: come to an agreement on what this says. Just pulled out of the ether, huh? I suppose if you two were selling a book or in some way financially benefiting from this, Uh, You would be peppered with uh, allegations and accusations. We are
12: anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, either way, people will. I mean, even if it's something that ends up scaring them, that'll be a reason for them to say, no, you guys are full of it.
6: Uh Uh-huh.
12: And like I said, the only thing we can do is tell them, you know, we have nothing to gain by fooling you or, or creating these fake voices. Just, I mean, it would be pointless, really.
1: So then to properly do this, all somebody really needs is a tape recorder, preferably with an external microphone.
12: A brand-new tape.
1: And a brand-new, uh, never-recorded-upon tape.
13: Fresh batteries. And, and a, a desire.
1: And a desire. And uh would you recommend that they go to a space, I mean, graveyards, for example? Is that...
13: No. I, you know, uh, you've got to use some common sense. Um, and... Um, you don't want to put yourself in harm's way. You don't want to go out by yourself. You, if anything was to happen, you'd want a witness there. Um, preferably get the uh, owners or uh, officials uh, permission to be there.
1: I would think most times owners or officials would not give you permission to be in these places.
13: We we have had uh, real success when we've wanted to investigate a place uh, when you are up front and
1: well, let's let's pretend that I'm the owner of a uh, I don't know a cemetery, and um, and you you approach me. How do you approach me? What do you say to me?
13: I introduce myself and I uh, say that I understand that there has been ghost activity reported in this location, and there are five members of the GIS. Uh, we are credible. We are uh, discreet, and we would like to do some documentation and research in this location to see if we can pick up anything.
1: I would, I would say something like, uh, look, uh, there are a lot of relatives of people who are buried in the cemetery that I preside over, and they might object to what you're doing. If somebody's coming and visiting a gravesite, uh, they might object to what you're doing if you're there with a group and a recorder and all the rest of it.
13: Well, most of the time, like if we do go to a location in the daytime, like a cemetery, we're just walking around. Most people don't even realize that we have a tape recorder, and uh, we, um, or we'll sit down uh, next to a, a grave uh, on the lawn, and uh, we'll pick, uh, you know, arrange flowers and pick up weeds and things. Uh, we're we're uh, we're no different than anybody else in the cemetery during the day, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't uh, flaunt what we're doing. We're, we're very discreet about what we're doing. We don't want to make the living around us
1: feel uncomfortable. And there has never come a time in all of this when the two of you or the four of you have been just scared out of your wits?
13: Well, there's been occasions when a, a couple of members have been uncomfortable, and when we go to locations where if a, a member does feel um, does not feel good about that location mm-hmm. uh, sometimes we won't go back
1: <laughs> I see so that has happened then
13: <laughs> yeah uh, but uh, the majority of times I always want to go back <laughs> uh,
1: even even if you're scared
13: I haven't been scared
1: uh-huh.
13: I have been um, I had an occasion once where um, I had a I had walked into a building that I had just walked out of, and I had turned and walked back in and there was a horrendous odor i mean it was just a putrid smell mm-hmm. hit me in the face yes and I uh, had to leave before I got sick, and I knew nobody else smelt it um, i uh there was no way that they could stay in there and uh uh, not get sick what about
1: these temperature drops that i hear about i am told that uh, when there's this kind of activity uh when something comes across from the other side whether it be a voice or an apparition or whatever it is that frequently the temperature drops yes
8: yeah that's correct
12: that does happen and that is uh, one of the reasons uh, we use, and a lot of other groups use, uh, a thermal scanner just to document temperature changes like that. Oh, you do? Yes.
1: So you're you're going into these areas then armed with a fair amount of equipment. Uh, oh uh,
12: yes. Well, and see, and that gets back into what you said earlier. Uh, anyone can do this, and you can spend as much or as little money as you want, and still get really decent results.
1: Mm-hmm.
12: I mean, it's it's basically all up to you.
1: Uh this other equipment, uh, I mean thermal scanners, I guess you could take a thermometer. How much temperature change have you seen?
12: <laughs> we've, uh, we, we've actually seen some really dramatic temperature changes. Uh, for one instance, I believe it was last summer, we were in a cemetery that we, it was the first time we'd ever investigated it, and we haven't actually been back since, uh, just because we haven't had the time but I think we probably documented almost a 50-degree temperature drop in one area.
1: (laughs) 50 degrees. All right. Um, Number 15.
12: All right. uh, Well, this one was also recorded in a cemetery, and this was interesting because both Barbara and Roger had been in their, their vehicle at this time, and Barbara had her tape recorder on her, and then her husband had put his in the back of the, in the back of their truck. And you'll hear Roger in this say, I've been hearing noises, referring to his tape recorder's, uh, wheels turning. He can hear them
1: squeaking. Mm-hmm.
12: And this woman comes in and just says, horrific.
1: Horrific? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see if we've got that.
6: You have to
1: Horrific, indeed. Um, um, I just don't know if I like this. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I like this. All right. A, a number of people want to know what kind of uh, processing you use uh, after you uh, pick this from, from tape. In other words, you, you no doubt have to sit and listen to hours of tape, and you find something you know is anomalous, a word not said by any of you. Then how is that processed?
12: Well, I mean, it's actually fairly simple. Uh, what we'll do is, once we find uh, something we question as an EVP, we upload it, extract it from the tape onto the computer, transfer mm-hmm. it to a WAV file, and we use Cool Edit. Uh, it's just it's the easiest thing to use, and that'll basically give you everything that you need to know about the voice. It'll give you statistics, frequency, everything.
6: Mm-hmm. And
12: from there, if we go to post it on the site, we'll downsample it so it's a small file size, and everyone can download it. Or if we're, say, using it for a radio show, we re up sample it and transfer it to a CD.
1: Mm -hmm. That's it then.
12: I mean, it's really fairly simple.
1: Okay, Uh, another, the next, sixteen.
12: This was
13: recorded in an old building that used to have, uh, it was a brothel originally at one time. The cribs are still there, the old wallpaper. It's now uh, kind of a new age uh, business in there. Uh, on the main floor, and then upstairs is uh, where the cribs are, and uh, Barry recorded this, uh, and it's a, a female voice, and she says, going to miss you, and I mean it.
1: Really? Um, all right. Here we go. Listen carefully, everybody. got that going to miss you and i mean it no no question about it uh are you able ever to attach uh meaning to what's said uh and or does it happen later in other words uh either sparked by your conversation or by a story of the place or the a story of a haunting that had been there a a meaning to what's being said to you
13: well, the majority of them are interacting with us. They're, um, on, Like on this one, I don't think anything was being said at the time that he recorded this.
1: Hmm. Just so it just came kind of out of the blue, right? Right. <sighs> uh, strange stuff, folks. <laughs> really strange. Uh, and and for some reason you all, uh, uh, you just, uh, you, you seem so unfazed by it.
12: Well, it's something you just end up, when you do it as much as we've been doing it and spending as many hours a week as we do it, you just end up getting used to it almost. And Mm -hmm. you just look for the more the more active places to experience more things. All
1: right. We've got uh, one more and then a few in the next hour. And then I want to open the phones and let folks ask you questions. We didn't get to do much of that, so let's try and get through these. Number 17, what have we got here?
12: All right. Well, this one goes back to not knowing... What's being said? Uh, people are hearing different things, and I'm going to let you see what you hear. But you'll hear a growling, and then a woman's voice directly after. A growling. Yes. Oh. And the growling is anomalous. It is an EVP. It was. It, we didn't hear it at the time.
1: Gotcha. All right. Here we go. Oh, that is, that is strange. Uh, one more time, folks. Again, with a little of the low end uh, missing, it's a little harder to tell about the growling, but some kind of deeper noise, obviously, and then it sounds like a female voice, but I don't know what it's saying.
12: See, and all of us have heard something different. I hear, go get a kitty.
13: I
1: hear go kitty cat. Go
6: kitty
1: cat? Mm-hmm. Uh gee, maybe there's kitty cats on the other side. Go kitty
6: cat. Go kitty cat. Go kitty
1: cat. Uh, oh that is so strange. Uh it does sound like kitty. I hear the word kitty quite clearly in there. Um Have you had any indications of animal activity on the other side or the awareness of animals on the other side? This would be one, obviously.
13: Well, in the house that we're renting that we've moved into recently, I keep seeing out of my peripheral vision. I'll think that it's one of my animals. I have a cat and a dog. And uh, I'll think that I see something run by, and I'll go to check, and my cat will be... Stacked
1: out on the bed my dog's outside, so. All right, you two, hold on, stay right where you are. We've got more from the other side, and then we'll open the phone lines. I'm Art Bell. This is Coast to Coast AM.
0: This is Premier Network. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in time. When
7: he came across this young man sewing on a
4: fiddle and playing it hot and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a
8: dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now you.
6: I have a dream that I wish I could live. It's burning holes in my mind. It's been all too long
0: Somewhere in Time, with Art Bell, continues, courtesy of Premier Networks. Good morning from the high desert. This is Art Bell, and I've got
1: the GIS online right now. Ghost Investigator Society, they record on blank, brand new tapes, voices from the other Side, we're going to play a few more this hour, and then we're going to open up the uh, telephone lines and let you ask questions. Anything you want, and I can imagine you've got questions. Back into the other side with my guests, uh, Barbara Macbeth and Brendan Cook, you two welcome back. Thank you. All right. this hour we're gonna finish up uh, as quickly as we can with what we have, and then I want to let some of the audience ask you questions. Would that okay. be all right? Yes, okay, good. All right, uh, then let us uh, move on this next one, um number eighteen.
12: All right, the next one is, oh my. And it's just a simple voice, Barbara recorded, it, and it just says, "Oh
1: my." Was it? Was did this relate in any way to uh, anything you were saying, or it just popped out?
13: No, on? I was. We had just arrived to the location to do the investigation, and I was getting my equipment out of my bag. And the only thing I can think of is that it was saying, "Oh my," to what I was <laughs> the equipment I was getting
1: out. I see. All right, here we go. <laughs> I'm not sure that I hear, oh, my, in that. I hear, oh, something, but I can't quite make it out. Uh, but then I guess that's the way it works. Uh, some of this is kind of a, a Rorschach test, isn't it?
12: Yes, it Well, is. It, a lot of people hear different things, and, mm-hmm. I mean, we just put this stuff on here because this is the, just what we hear commonly.
1: Do you ever, uh, when playing these finally for somebody on the outside after discussing them yourselves and coming up with what you think it said, uh, get corrected when you hear somebody else say, oh, no, it's saying so-and-so?
12: Oh, it, yeah, there have been times that we've had something even posted on the website uh, where it's it's called something else, and then somebody will say, no, no, I think it says this.
1: Now, you take video cameras with you as well, don't you? Yes, we do. Uh-huh um, how do you position a video camera?
12: Uh, actually, w- normally we carry it around with us everywhere um,
1: Hand- handheld or when you finally get there, do you put it on a tripod and just
12: sometimes we do put it on a tripod it just depends on the place uh, how many video cameras we have, uh, how big the place is even. Mm-hmm. and uh,
1: it just all really depends. What kind of video have you come up with?
13: <laughs> well we've gotten uh, quite a bit of different. Things we've got uh, some we've got about fourteen uh, clips on our website.
1: Oh, video clips. Uh huh. Okay.
13: And of, of uh, what
1: sort of things?
13: We've gotten uh, the orbs, uh, ectoplasm. Uh, we've got uh, shadow uh, human form. Uh, uh, we've gotten. We've uh, actually gotten apparition. Apparition walking by uh, me and uh, Sean, the uh, guy that was there at the location at this school.
1: <laughs> and this is all on your website? Yes. All right. If you go to uh, my website, folks, uh, and you go to the guest uh, area, tonight's guest, uh, you'll see the link right there, and you can hop across. Otherwise, what is the website?
12: Uh, the website is www.ghostpix.com. Www.ghostpix,
1: Okay.
6: Uh,
12: you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. We went through this a little while ago and we found out we actually have now over 102 voices on the website.
1: 102.
12: And then, uh, I believe it's 90 photos and 14 videos.
1: <laughs> Alright. Um, the next one in line?
12: Alright. This next one, uh, first of all, the voice is going to say, Roger won't keep her. And what he was doing at this time was picking up a rose that had, well, I won't say fallen, it was more or less put on the ground for us to find. And I'll let Barbara kind of explain this because she actually saw this this night.
1: Barbara?
13: Well, we were in um, the mausoleum and uh, we had walked the hallways, the the building was locked. It was probably about midnight. And we were walking back through the hallways that we had come to. and there were, in three different locations, uh, a white silk rose. The rose was facing us with the stem away. It was right in the middle of the floor. And this voice was recorded after we came across the first one. Roger was putting putting it back in a vase uh, that was on the mausoleum wall. And Barry recorded this saying, Roger won't keep her.
1: Roger won't keep her. All right, here we go. Quite clearly, uh, Roger Woundkeeper, that was. Uh, sounded like a whispered voice, didn't yes.
13: it? Yes, and many of them are quite whispery. We try to get the loudest ones uh, for the show so that people can hear it
1: plain. But Any idea why uh, so many uh, percentage-wise come out as whispers?
12: You know, I, I think it really, and then again, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it does. Uh, they don't have the physical means to produce these noises, but it goes back to the having the amount of energy to propel them basically onto the tape. Mm. And whispering would seem like it wouldn't take as much energy as making a very loud voice.
1: That may be so. Alright, um, on to the next one.
13: This next one was sent in to us after uh, the last show, I believe, and I think this was sent in uh, from Kenneth in Ohio. Uh, he's emailed us and said that he was quite skeptical, but he had a micro cassette recorder and decided to go to a cemetery that was near his house, and he said it was very quiet, and this uh, one word came on, and it says blasphemy.
1: Blasphemy, huh? All right, uh, let's see if we can hear that. Uh, here we go, it says in fine print. Here we go. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Oh. Yep, I would say uh, quite clearly that's exactly what it says. Bless oh. oh. me, so a religious word uh, from the other side, huh? Yes. Um. Now, obviously, as a result of this program, as well as the others we have done, people are going to go and try this themselves. Uh, a brand-new tape, folks, never recorded on, a recorder of some sort. And then an external microphone, so you don't pick up the uh, machine noises, you know, the motor running in the uh, tape recorder. It'll p- kind of put a rumble in there. But if they get these, you welcome people to send them in to you?
3: Oh, yes. I,
12: you know, we would love people, you know, to hear what people have got. And you know. The only thing is, you
13: know, we weren't there. We can't verify that it is an actual ghost voice uh, because we
12: weren't there. We don't know the situation.
1: Sure. Uh, but if they want to send you one, how do they do, do it?
12: Well, they can just uh, send it directly to the website or send it to GIS at ghostpix.com. Right. And, you know, we normally prefer WAV files, but MP3s work uh, really any audio format.
1: Okay. Um, people will ask, and, and so I will ask, uh, websites cost money to maintain, and, uh, of course, your activities and the equipment and the travel that you do, all of that costs money. Uh, I take it it comes out of your own pockets.
12: Exactly. Yes. Um, <laughs> You know like we said before, we're doing this out of the love of doing it, and out of hoping to get more people to try it. I mean, obviously, we're not selling anything. Uh, we don't plug anything other than the website. Um, and, you know, ultimately, we just want more people to go out and do it. Another
13: thing is we keep all of our tapes, and I would love someone that has um, uh, the technology. Uh, to really analyze our voices, and um, because I'd, I would love to
6: have
1: an, uh, someone words, that's an authority. Yeah, in other words, uh, to help prove uh, that it's not one of you. Right. No, I'm with you there. All right, fine. Well, that's an open invitation, that I'm sure some will do it. This program's on tape, and they can pick it off. Um, the last one that we have here, uh, where was this done?
12: All right, well, this last one, actually, we had played this on your last show and we just got so many responses from it uh, that we decided we'd play it again just to let people hear it who didn't have the you know, a computer or anything. All right. Um, what had happened was we had been called to do a live investigation with the local Fox affiliate here in Utah and it, we had been called to an old military fort called Fort Douglas. And this is kind of interesting because it's a little child's voice and the lights had just been turned on but you hear the little child say, it's dark in here. And this mm. was recorded by GIS member Barry.
1: I think I remember this. Here we go. Oh, God. That's right. Of all the ones that I've heard, this is the one that I don't like the most. There's no question about it. This is a child's voice. And it's clearly saying it's dark in here. Listen. Aye, aye,
6: aye.
1: <laughs> all right, you two. Let's go to the phones and I want the audience to be able to ask uh, some questions of you all right Okay all right here we go. who knows what we're gonna get uh, first time caller line you are on the air with the GIS group.
15: Hello hello yeah
1: Hi art. Hi, where are you sir? Uh,
15: this is Michael in Santa Monica. Hi Michael. Uh Yeah, you know, I had a short story to relate to your guest uh, related to their work and a question on personal safety.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh,
15: I recently took a trip uh, to England and visited Edinburgh, Scotland, and um, was fortunate to go on a, a ghost tour with a local witch, uh, a gentleman, and he took us to a place uh dates probably back to the 15th century. Um, it was a churchyard and um he was telling us their estimates were from various events and, and particularly the plague, that there were over two hundred and fifty thousand people buried in an area that's probably fifty by hundred yards and, and the way they achieved that was by laying the bodies out and um I guess letting them, you know, deflesh them and then crushing the bones into the soil. Oh my so we have, uh, you know, an extreme, you know, or they had an extreme amount of, uh, of, of souls, you know, potentially there. Well, you know, I'm I'm 41 years old, and I guess since I've been a child, I, you know, I've had certain skills empathically to pick up on things, but you know, I, I tend to keep it at bay, and and um, it's at this point in being in that yard, or in that churchyard, I got some really overwhelming feelings going down, and uh, mm-hmm. I was with about 15 other people, and um, he related a story to us about a poltergeist that exists there, and it's supposedly related to a king's advocate and, and something that went on with the Scottish king and queen or whatever at that time, and I won't get into that, but um, they seem to think it's related to this individual and his curse and what have you, but uh, some three years ago, uh, a 10-year-old boy was thrown 50 feet in the air by an unseen force against the wall and was nearly killed. And the Oops. Edinburgh City Council, this is documented, uh, locked off that section of that yard and... Um, won't let people go in there anyone at all mm-hmm. you know, They said, so it's you know it's got official seal on it um, now I, going into such areas as, as your guests do did they ever you know think about um, powers like that and the dangers of those things or ever you know uh, or you know they're suggesting that other people go out and try this did they you know should people consider such things as that? Because I know when I was there,
1: personal safety.
15: Personal safety. I was getting, you know, empathically. I was, I, you know, from my spirit guides or whatever. I was getting a huge warning.
1: Listen, I'm with you all the way, my friend. But uh, I've been listening to them for some time and have asked the same question, and the answer is, you guys aren't afraid, right?
12: Well, you know, I mean, we personally are, and we've said this before on other on on your show that this is not for everybody. I mean, it's your own judgment on if you think you want to do it, but we're asking the people who do want to do it to go out and try this. And, I mean, you could get hurt anywhere, rock climbing, I mean...
1: You could trip over a gravestone.
12: Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, basically anything you do, you have the potential of getting hurt.
7: So... uh,
13: I do believe that there are forces out there that many people don't would not know how to react uh, to if confronted
8: by them.
1: Now, is it possible that if somebody in the audience goes out to try this without the same, in quotes, healthy attitude that you all have, uh, they might get a very different kind of response?
8: Yes, I, they I, could. I, but I
13: believe, I, I believe that I do, my own personal belief is that a actual ghost, Uh, will not be the kind of uh, entity that would throw a person uh, 10 feet.
1: Mm. I believe
13: that there are entities out there.
1: Well, I I hate to burst your bubble, and I I don't want to do that, but I have interviewed a number of uh, ghost investigators, uh, some of the very best, frankly, and some of them have been levitated off the floor, others... uh, have had pretty horrific things done to them. And I'm sure in the field you've heard these stories, so yes, it may not have happened to you. You know it happens.
12: You know, and that, that really makes me wonder if it was an actual ghost as in what we deal with or more along the demon sense, which is something we, we don't even get into that area. I see. I mean, they are two completely separate entities.
13: We, I... we always ask, you know, have you ever performed a seance here or fooled with the Ouija board?
1: In other words, you don't want anything to do with that.
13: No, that that really is. A Those completely... are two different things.
1: All right. Um, Wildcard line, you're on the air with uh, Barbara Macbeth and Brendan. Cook. Hello.
9: Yes. Hi, Barbara and Brendan. Hello. Uh, this is Karen WMT, 600 Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I would just like to say, n- number 14 and number 17 sound distinctly like number 14. My name is Jack O.
1: Really.
13: My name is Jack O. Oh well,
1: no, wait a minute. You say number fourteen?
13: Yeah. The question mark, But we weren't sure of what right. it was. Saying.
9: My name is Jack.
1: It's all right, everybody oh. everybody shh, listen. It does kind of sound like that, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I couldn't hear that. Okay.
9: And number seventeen, she says, I'm a kid again.
1: Really? Yeah. Um all right. I hear it. I'm Uh a kid again. I hear that, too. Yep. Oh, my.
13: Have you ever run any of these backwards? Some of them sound backwards. Yes, we have. And?
1: And?
12: Uh, Well, (laughs) I I don't believe any of these, uh, you know, have any of the reverse speech but we do have some that do.
1: (laughs) All right, young lady, very helpful. Thank you. I think you're right. Uh, Take care. She's got a very good ear. Mm -hmm. Yes, she does. She was dead right. Um, East of the Rockies, you're on the air with the GIS folks.
12: Good morning, Art. Hello. Uh, Yeah, you said earlier
8: you had a question about whether they had a sense of humor. That's right. Uh, I believe they had a recording of uh, a ghost laughing after someone told a joke.
1: Uh, On a previous program? Mm -hmm. Yes,
12: that that was actually the last show we did with you. It was kind of a dorky laugh. <laughs>
1: it was. <laughs> well, one would have to assume there's dorks on the other side, as there are here, in, 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 in copious quantities. They've been
13: gay in the Chanel number no.
1: 5. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you're right, uh, caller. They have a sense of humor. Which is a kind of an interesting observation about the other side and gives one a little bit of hope. Yes. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, you. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with the GIS folks. Hello. Oh, no I didn't push the button now you're on the air list of the Rockies hi
16: hi art hello hey thanks for taking my call sure I have a couple of questions uh, directed to both you and your guests all right uh, the first one being is uh, shadow people yes uh, I've you know listened uh, over the months and other people have called in uh, maybe one or two that I remember. And they uh, all refer to uh, a particular uh, uh shadow people as wearing a hat,
1: many have yes,
16: yeah I think you commented uh it was you know like a fedora
1: yes, okay
16: uh, twenty years ago uh I had the same experience.
1: you saw one
16: uh only once, and it appeared to me being. Uh, more of a, uh, uh having a uh, slicker on and a bush hat. Okay. And uh, in, in the 90s, uh, my mom, uh, who's uh, since passed away had the same experience. Uh, and I'm just, uh, if your guests uh, and or yourself can comment on a commonality uh, like that. Okay.
1: All right. All right. Well, right. we got to take a break, but uh, we'll do that when we come back. We'll cover the uh, subject of shadow people, and I'll ask my guests about that. It would go right along with what they're doing, wouldn't it? So, how do you feel after hearing all of this? Little tingle down the spine, possibly. Hmm. Yeah. Plenty of those. I'm Art Bell from the high desert in the middle of the night. This is
0: Coast to Coast AM. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. You're listening to Art Bell somewhere in Both time tonight, featuring Coast to stand. Coast AM from August 6, 2001. Remember, we're only here for a blink of an eye—the
1: cosmic blink of an eye. Anybody who passes away, you might as well tell them, "See you tomorrow," because you will. But we're there forever. At least many believe that. I'm Art Bell, and this is Coast to Coast AM. Uh, my two guests, of course, uh, Barbara Macbeth and Brendan Cook from the GIS, the Ghost Investigators Society. Not everybody in the world has a computer, folks. If they want to get a hold of you, and they can't email you or get to your website, do you have any sort of address or phone number that you can give people?
13: Um, I did up until I we moved recently, um, and we're going to get that reestablished soon. Okay. We'll, we'll post it on the website.
1: When All right. we do. Very good, because there are people not with us yet in the computer age. Yeah. All right, uh, let's continue with the audience and see what we get. First time caller line, you're on the air with GIS. Hello.
16: Hello, y'all. Hello. This is Kenny from
14: Canada. Uh, my question is, have you ever or ever considered doing a recording with uh, a fresh death, someone on a
12: deathbed?
1: Oh, yes. Uh,
12: you know, we have and it's i mean it's been brought up to us before but that really runs into the question of the morality thing ethics um you know and a lot of stuff we do is pretty close to borderline on that but Hmm. that's one thing that is just kind of crossing over for us and it's something i mean it almost be like befriending the person just to do that
1: yeah yeah do you understand Mahler?
14: Excellent.
1: Thank you very much. That's all I needed to hear. Okay. Take care. Um, wild Card Line, you're on the air with GIS. Good morning.
14: Good morning, people. Uh, an aloha from Hawaii. This is Christopher calling from Honolulu. Yes, sir. Listening to you on the very KHVH.
1: July. KHVH, yes, of course.
14: And, um, Art, I just want to say, first of all, I'm glad you're back, and I hope your back is good, because I've been there, I've had those back problems, and <laughs> they're not fun.
1: Oh, right. Thank you.
14: So, and uh now what I'd like to say um, to Brendan, um, I I seem to recall at one point or another, somebody was using a television set to try to communicate with the other side. Uh Do you know anything about that? And have oh, you ever yeah. considered using that? Yes, yes. Um there was a guy, actually, there's
12: been a couple of people that do it. The one that I'm familiar with, and I can't remember his name, he actually has a website. But the only problem, is it's all in French. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, and a, a lot of this uh, uh, instrumental transcommunication, which kind of falls into the, the level of EVP, uh, and also the, the television set, as the caller referring to, um, a lot of it takes place in Germany and France.
1: Oh, that's really interesting. Um, because Ed Dames had something to say about television the other night. Um, okay, uh, there you go, caller. Nothing apparently in this country, but in Europe they're doing a lot. Well, of that, there was
14: a reason I called. Is uh, I was referring to a, a book I'd read about some guy here in the United States that had he was uh, he had the ability to communicate with the other side through uh, television. People would actually come up and uh, and you know you, you can see their their images on the screen. So I, I saw pictures that were purported be uh, ghost people that were, you know, he puts it on a, a place where there's no station, of course, and there's just static. It's static, and then and after a the while, noise. he summons them, and they, they appear, and, and uh, he actually had pictures of them.
1: Oh, you know, boy, I, that really is a, essentially the same theory, isn't it?
6: It, it, it really
12: is. is. It, somewhat, yeah, yes, it is. Um, I am, I mean, I'm sure there are people in the United States who are doing it, and like I said, the only one that I'm aware of is uh, the man in France, but he also has... Uh, video and pictures on his website of the, the static or the snow on the screen, and then uh, faces and images appear on it.
1: <laughs> you, you, uh, you wouldn't happen to know offhand uh, how to get to that website, would you?
12: Um, actually, I do have it saved, but I don't off the top of my head remember it.
1: All right. Uh, why don't you scratch that out for the next program? I'd like to see it myself.
12: Yes, yeah, so I'll definitely do that.
1: All right. Uh, thank you, caller. That's a good one. Because really, uh, white noise on television uh, is really, in a lot of ways, very similar to uh, the, the white background tape noise that you would get. Somebody sent me an interesting fast blast and wanted to know why you don't use electronic mini-discs, for example. The mini-disc recorder is a wondrous uh, device, like uh, a CD recorder, and it virtually has no detectable white noise in the background. Had you considered that?
12: Uh, one of our... One of the people who used to be uh, uh, affiliated with us did get a mini-disc recorder, and as far as I know, he didn't get any results with it. Um, Although we've heard
13: of people people that have, have, so if it would record, I would think...
1: Well, uh, no, there is a difference. Uh, I think that uh, the mini-discs and CDs are imprinted with a laser, which would be something of a different technology than the magnetic tape heads.
12: Well, and, you know, on on top of that... um, A lot of people do do this with digital recorders. And the problem I've seen with that is they pick up what's called digital static, Mm -hmm. which is just a a loud burst that can be mistaken as an EVP, and a lot of people will think that's an EVP.
1: Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, East of the Rockies, you're on the air with GIS. Hi.
11: Um, Hi. Um, Congratulations on 500 again. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Um, I actually did take the uh, advice, and... uh, after the last program, and went to a to a cemetery, and got uh, pretty hair-raising results. But um, I was wondering if uh, you'd ever noticed any sort of pinging or thumping during a recording. It was like what we had noticed during ours was that it would be uh, like the static would start breaking down, and then a uh, like a small ping or a small like a, bump a popping sound yes. or snapping. Right. Yes. Yes, we have actually within the last few
12: months realized that before a lot of EVPs we will get a, a pop or a bang or some kind of weird snap uh, sound. Yeah, that, that's a precursor to the voice.
11: Huh. That's interesting. But yeah, that was that was a definite incredible experience for us. It was. Well, I have to thank you for making me paranoid, if nothing else. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> I mean,
13: we don't mean to do that. No,
11: no, no. It was it was completely our own fault. But yeah, we were. We were chased out like four times. By, uh, well, I
12: mean, it is amazing to, to go out and do this, especially when you realize it doesn't really take that much to do it.
1: Caller, caller what do you mean you were chased down?
11: Well, we, yeah, I, I was more or less skeptical, and uh, I met a friend, and we went to a uh, cemetery that he used to go to in his in his younger days, and I mean, like we we saw a lot, um, a lot of uh, like you know the the little balls floating and around and ghost lights. Right, right. And then we, we start hearing some little, uh, screams anytime we tried to approach a certain part of the cemetery. So we uh-huh. pretty much just left every time. But, uh, yeah we got, we got really good results. We had one say, uh, yes, we have visitors. And mm-hmm. we got another one that, uh, says, I can hear you. Huh. And then another one, well, and then some of the others we couldn't really make out as easily, but, uh, I'll try and send some of those your yeah, way. If you have yeah, the capability to, uh, transfer those to Wayfowls, files, we'd love to hear them. Yeah.
1: Alright, uh, thank you very much. Well, there you are. Uh, see, apparently a lot of people are taking your advice and giving, uh, it a try themselves, and apparently with, uh, an unnerving amount of success.
12: Well, yeah, I mean, I realized that after the last show we had done where we asked people to do that and see if we, you know, could get it played on the show, I mean, we had an amazing amount of people try it and, and send us a lot of really good stuff. Mm.
1: Okay, uh, West of the Rockies, you're on the air with the GIS group. Hi. Hello. Hello.
12: Yeah, this is Jimmy from Pine Mountain Club in California. Yes, sir. Hi. My question is, um, do you think these souls or beings, wherever they are, are maybe trapped in that place, or do you think it's an imprint on the time in a different place that you're picking up on? Uh, well, like an impression, maybe. First of all, there, there's and this is something I don't think we've really covered yet, is there is two different kinds of hauntings. There's the residual haunting, which is like a playback, uh, which is something that's imprinted in the atmosphere and gets played back like a VCR. Uh, and then there's an intelligent haunting, which is actually interacting with you.
1: You seem to get more of those, and that's what worries me.
12: We do, and there's been times where we get voices that just make no sense to what's going on and it seems like it almost is just a playback of something that's happened there before. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> All right.
13: Or that it's talking to one of its own.
1: Gotcha. First time caller line. You're on the air with the GIS Group. Good morning. Good morning. Hi.
5: Um, I was wondering if anyone else picked up when just before a voice starts and, and during the voice, um, there's a like a high pitched or echoey kind of thing going on. Except for I didn't hear it on the growl when I was too busy listening to the growl. But uh, if if anybody had heard that, if they had any ideas to what it was, if there's an echo going on where where that entity is, or if it's other entities in the background that you're not picking up as well. Or has uh, anybody noticed that?
12: Good there is, uh, as Barbara mentioned before, they seem to have a different quality to it. When the when the actual voice speaks, it has a different quality than a human voice.
5: Yes, yeah, it, so it doesn't sound different. at all like like a human voice.
12: Exactly, it, especially it's almost you, like it's breaking through a barrier.
5: Yeah. Yeah, especially when, if you hear, you know, like one of you guys talking, and then right after that you hear the voice, and there's, it's completely different.
13: Yes, there's, exactly. a, there's a completely different quality to it.
1: Caller, I'm curious. When you hear these, how does it make you feel?
5: Oh, well, I'm sitting... Um up in a hotel lobby, all by myself. Uh
1: huh.
5: Running around in the dark.
6: Uh huh.
5: So I'm doing a lot of cleaning and trying to keep busy.
6: <laughs>
5: Getting a little bit creeped out, you know. But Do you have a tape recorder with you? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> we
12: had a few hotel centers. No, be recorded, but so.
5: there was something interesting happened last week. The adding machine was shut off. It wasn't supposed to, and it just started printing. Oh, stuff. really? It was just tick and I was in the other room and I came in here and it was ticket and there's spewing out tape full of stuff. And that gave me the creeps and I told it to stop and it did.
13: Oh
1: my.
5: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of hotels
13: have activity just because of what takes place in the hotels through the duration of its business.
5: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, caller, thank you.
5: Thank you.
1: Take care. Wild Wildcard Line, you're on the air with uh uh Barbara Macbeth and Brendan Cook. Good morning
4: morning Hi. at the bottom of the hour uh you had a gentleman call and he was saying uh, he'd like some information if they've ever seen these beings dressed in black with these uh either not a oh fedora, that's
1: right i meant to go back to that right. what we call shadow uh shadow people
4: no, no people. wait 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 uh, one second because a lot of these aren't really uh, shadow type people they either have all uh, black cowls on or they have those hats that almost look like uh, yes. miniature zorro hats but they're yes. not really fuzzy they're they're pretty distinct uh, I, I guess they fall into the category. Anyway, uh, could they comment on that, please?
13: Yes, of course. Well, we uh, had uh, two members uh, visually see. Uh, it looked like a. They said that it almost looked like Darth Vader type of a shadow. Uh, they had walked down the road of a cemetery, and they came kind of hustling back to where I had the camera set up on a tripod and. They said that it was quite large and it was going diagonal across the cemetery. Um, mm-hmm. It it kind of shook them up seeing it.
1: Yeah,
4: I can imagine.
1: All right, East of the Rockies, you're on the air with the uh, GIS group. Good morning.
4: All right. Yes. What's going on, man? Uh, my name's Scott. I'm from Houston, Texas. Okay, Scott. Um, I um I just have I just want to ask um when when y'all play the uh, the samples of the um, ghost, is yeah. weird how it has this microphone feedback. Is that is that from the ghost? Or whatever the the uh, you know whatever's on tape. I'm not sure what you mean. The, you know how like a lot of a lot of the samples it'll play it'll it'll have like this little feedback, but like during the voice or whatever, and and it, it'll like I don't know like a microphone maybe like feedbacking or something. It's weird. I'm not uh, what I'm what I'm trying to get at is, is once I had um I had a video camera, and uh, and my friends and I it was about nine years ago we had uh, we were messing around with it and uh, it ended up. That week, I had I had this haunting, and uh, this, the, all these like demonic um, like uh, pig growls came out over the uh, over the uh, uh, my, over the videotape, and it went on for like three or four minutes. It was really strange. Demonic pig growls. The best way I can describe it is for me to to be able to do it, which would be kind of like Rawr, and, Rawr, it was like that. It was it was very strange. It sounded like a pig and a dog. It was very strange, and hmm. the thing would talk to him, to me and my mom and, and uh, do strange things. It was very strange.
1: All right. Uh, you two, uh, you know, we've talked about things demonic, and I know you try and stay away from it, but inevitably, I'm sure that you have recorded a few that you probably considered on the demonic side, yes? Uh,
12: you know, I, I don't know how we could really determine the voice being demonic, but well, we uh, have recorded some that are... They're extremely menacing or evil uh there was one that we played on your show twice now that you little murdering tramp
1: I remember yes
13: I uh, think he's kind of deranged <laughs> I don't or look mentally
12: ill
1: than mentally monetary.
13: ill I don't I don't think along those lines myself
1: okay um west of the Rockies you're on the air with the GIS group good morning hello oh dog on switch west of the Rockies now you're on the air hi Hi, Art. Yes.
16: Um, This is Derek in Salt Lake City. Yes, sir. I'm 16 years old, and I've listened to you for four years, so it's
8: kind of an honor to talk to you.
1: And uh, glad to have you.
8: Um, I have two really quick questions, one for these folks and one for Art. Okay. Um, The first one is, have you guys done any
12: recordings on battlefields from wars, like back east or anything? Good
1: question. Uh,
12: No, we actually haven't. Um, There's... Quite a few groups that do. Uh, And, you know, obviously a lot of the battlefields are haunted. In fact, I I would venture to guess all of them are haunted. Mm
6: -hmm. Uh,
12: But we haven't, actually. All right. And, um, Art, I'm also wondering about you know the sounds from Hell recording? Yes. Do you think that's related to this in any way? And have you had anyone, like, try and clean
13: it up so you can tell what the people in that recording are saying?
1: You know, that is really a good question. Uh, no, I've not attempted to process it in, uh, in any way.
12: Yeah, well, I, ha- I have to thank you for scaring me a couple times in the middle of the night when I'm all alone in my room.
1: <laughs> uh indeed. All right. Ho- uh, thank you very much. And, and let me do this. Uh, let me play this for you. This, uh, was allegedly recorded from the deepest um, uh, well drilling in Siberia some time ago. The scientists, uh, the deepest well ever drilled, and the scientists uh, heard something and lowered microphones into the ground, and allegedly this, a very rare recording, is what they came up with. Listen carefully. If you were to record something like that, um, how would it hit you?
13: Well, I, myself, I don't think hell is underground. I think that it's a state of mind. Um, since I wasn't there and I don't know what really took place, I can't comment on this.
1: <laughs> Nor might you even want to. Um, I understand. Wildcard Line, you're on the air with the GIS group. Hello.
8: Hi. Um, I wanted to talk to them. I... I believe uh, we got some stuff in our house. We've been hearing noises and stuff like that. Mm-hmm.
1: You know what? I can hear noises on your voice right now. <laughs> I'm serious.
8: Oh, it might be this cell phone. I don't know.
1: It it might be. They do all kinds of things. How long but... have you
8: lived in this house? About uh, between five and six years.
13: And what kind of things happen?
8: Well, uh... My wife here is most a uh, wife and actually the kids too. But, uh, a couple times they, about between, most of the bad stuff is between like two and four in the morning.
6: Mm-hmm.
8: Like, uh, I had the 23 year old stepson, he was living with us at the time. But, uh, he was on the couch and all of a sudden they just, like they had the, the, Kitchen drawers was slamming, the silverware was flying, and everything else. And uh, the wife, we woke the wife up, and she went in, and he was laying on the couch. Uh, that's where he was sleeping then. But he was laying on the couch with his blanket over his head. And she asked him what was going on. He said, "I don't know. I'm afraid to go in and see what's happening." And uh, there was a one day I was. It was in broad daylight. I was sitting on the couch. Nobody else was home, and I heard a baby crying, and uh, I went outside and looked, and there was nobody around. No, Well, actually, nobody around close to us even has a baby. Have you researched this house? Uh, Have yeah. you done
13: some history research?
1: Listen, everybody, uh, we're woefully short on time. I'm sorry. Uh, please contact them by email. Listen, you two, we're out of time. We're just flat out of time. I'm holding the show to a four-hour format while my back heals, and uh, we'll be back to a five-hour format shortly in case anybody's curious. I want to thank you two for being here tonight, and it's scared the you know what out of me as usual.
8: Thank
12: you,
1: Art. Uh, we will do it again. It you know, Notify me, y'all, when you've got to... Another collection of voices from the other side, all right? We'll definitely do that. Night all. Good night. All right. That's it for now. As I mentioned to you, a problematic my presence for tonight. I'm going to the uh, dentist this morning for a terrible procedure that you don't even want to know about. In the meantime, have a good night. I'm Art Bell from the High Desert. Ta da! (laughs)
6: I'm <laughs>